A truck ran over you. What did you say on Twitter? It's like someone found me under a rock. Welcome, everyone, to this very ordinary, not at all special, completely unnecessary podcast for Tuesday, February 9th, 2021, alongside Ian Ferguson. It's me. I'm back, country. On I'm the here. show today, we'll be talking about um, uh, my hero, Howard Phillips, has a Kickstarter. Talking about some controversy when it comes to game preservation and prototypes. Uh, an astounding looking in television and Miko game we must discuss. Street Fighter 2's 30th anniversary. And probably a Patreon poll. And uh, so, oh, someone has a, a comment for us here uh, that we're going to play here. Well, this is kind of surprising. They, they got our hotline here. Uh. Hey guys, Professor Dan Greenberg here. On behalf of myself, Alex, ZeldaCat, and the whole Winter Ion Game Studios team, Congrats on 250 episodes of the Completely Unnecessary Podcast. Looking forward to catching up in the near future. Team Sushi will ride again. Until then, keep up the awesome work. Cheers. Thank you, Daniel. Just got a voice. Very nice, Daniel. He's got a good voice. Writer for a certain N64 guidebook, and he is uh, part of, uh, he's probably the co-captain of, of Team Sushi along with me. We, we, we share the letter, the seats, or the assistant coaches, you know, assistant, oh, assistant players like in hockey. Yeah. So maybe I, I'm Mark Messier, he's Brian Leach, maybe, uh, on, on the alignment there. But uh, thanks, Dan. Yeah, it is the 250th. The 250th. Quarter of a thousand. Yeah. Ian's been around for probably 240 of those. I think I did about 10 by myself, maybe 12 <sighs> here and there. But uh, yeah, what do you think we get this far, Ian? 250? Uh, I mean, it, help, it helped going. We, 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 I mean, we, going weekly. Weekly, sure. a week and a half ago, we went yeah, weekly? I've, or was I've, it la- beginning of last year, we went weekly? Yeah, beginning of last, last year, year, we went weekly. It definitely helped. Otherwise, we'd be at 500 by now, which would be insane. Yeah, that'd be nice. But, but some podcasts go for a while. So what do you think, Ian? Is that an accomplishment or is it just really like we're just grinding them out? <laughs> it's, it's an accomplishment. <laughs> but I feel like, I mean, yeah, it's it's nice. It's good. It's nice. It's great. It's nice. Seven and a half years? Seven and a half. Fuck. That's a long time to do a podcast. I mean, that's longer than most YouTube shows and uh, probably longer than most podcasts. When you think about it, how many podcasts last that long? Now, it's a shame our careers were ended. Many times. Ago. I was going to say our careers were over now for <laughs> two and a half years, almost at this point, uh, at least once. No, uh, but seriously, uh, thanks to everyone out there who's uh, supported us and uh, followed along the journey. And uh, we're still we're still going strongish at this point. Though we're getting we're older men at this point. We're not young, fresh faced thirty uh, thirty three year olds. And you were thirty one when we started the podcast. Uh, yeah, know. if you look at like the pictures of me when we started this and like the pictures of me now, it looks like we've been doing the podcast for 20, 25 years. Well, it's really the facial hair. It's really the hair growth. Yeah. If you shaved and cut your hair, I think you probably look a couple years older. Uh, and my hair's gotten longer. And uh, I've had facial hair a couple times in the, on the podcast in between here. I had a beard a couple times the past eight years. It's true. We've seen a lot of different flavors of Pat. A lot of different flavors? Not, not, no short hair bearded Pat yet, though. That'd be kind of weird. That, that wasn't done? No, it was not done. Actually, no, it was. When I first moved here, yeah. I had a beard. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say, why do you say that? I wasn't talking to you then, really. Uh, you didn't see me, did you? I'm fairly certain <laughs> when I met you, you were short-haired, bearded. 
And I mean, I met no, you no, no, before no, no, no. you no, moved I, when here. When I first came to Comic-Con, I did not have the beard. I had the beard after I moved here. So you probably saw me a couple times when yes, I moved here. That's what I'm saying. I would have seen you with with that beard and short hair combo. <sighs> okay, maybe. All right, it's getting creepy. And obviously, yes, for those who think our careers are over or should be over. I mean, so that's on our terms. You know, what we want to do. People still think they want to... You know, if, if, if 14 people think we have something semi-interesting to say, we're going to keep doing it, maybe. Maybe more than 14. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's a little slightly harder than four. Add a couple of zeros to that, uh, perhaps. But, um, Ian, how, how was your weekend, Ian? How was your Super Bowl weekend? Uh, so, I did not pay attention to the Super Bowl at all. It was a year. bad Super Bowl, but I'll get into that. What yeah, I, I, I don't feel like I, I missed anything um, by not paying attention to the Super Bowl this year. Uh, nope, just worked. It was busy. Uh, I played a lot of Dicey Dungeons. I've been really... Dicey Dungeons? Really hooked your, on Dicey Dungeons. Name? Uh, nope, that's what it's called. Uh, it came out like a year and a half ago on PC. I got kind of hooked on it, and then I got hooked on it again when it came out on the Switch. But it's... Uh, it's like a dice-based deck builder uh, by Terry Kavanaugh, and basically you roll dice. Why does that name sound familiar to me? Because uh, he did VVVVV, okay. uh, Super Hexagon. He's, he's done other games. Um, but yeah, basically you, you, you gain equipment as you go through a dungeon, and you roll dice at the beginning of every turn, and you slot those dice into different cards for different effects. And it sounds... It's, Hard to explain, I guess. But you throw it's, dice into cards? You roll dice, and then you slot those dice into cards. So let's say you're playing as the warrior. The and, warrior! And you get, a, uh, you get a card that's like the broadsword, and then you get a card that lets you re-roll, and you roll a dice. And if it's five, you can slot it into the broadsword to do five damage. If it's a three, you put it into the broadsword, and you do three damage. But you can keep re-rolling it until you get a six. To oh, when you say put it on, in your head, you're not literally putting it in the like a card, like a piece of dice to a card. No, it is. It, it, it's, oh, it is. It, it, the game it's is a container. The game is is uh, made like a board game, so it's like oh. cards. And you're putting dice on the cards to do oh, the actions. Oh, okay, that's interesting. It's anyway, really good art, really great soundtrack, and uh, yeah, I've just been hooked on it again. So that's what I've been working on. I didn't do a whole lot of cooking this weekend for once, but I am going to make ravioli tonight. Good for you. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Did a I did a Super Bowl? I always bought, bought, do sandwiches and sides. Uh, the game was horrible. I, I, I was saying to Frank before before, we, before the game that um, there hasn't been a blowout in a while in a Super Bowl. A while, um, and so we were due for one. And we and it was just, no one was no one was really expecting this one. But um, the Kansas City Chiefs offensive line looked like they were high schoolers because Mahomes was running for his life. He got what was what was the statistic? He got rushed or hurried or hit or sacked like it was like thirty times in the game. He ran. The statistic was. Before he threw the ball, the, the cumulative yards he ran was over 400 yards of running around the field, like added up before he threw it. And for Brady, it was like 30 yards. It showed like how it was the most ever in a Super Bowl where someone got like that harried. And so it was a bad Super Bowl. The commercials were weird. Uh, they tried to make them funny. I mean, there was some social distancing ones. The highlight was Jason Alexander. There was a Jason Alexander. I think it was for Tide uh, detergent. Someone wearing a Jason Alexander face sweatshirt that would constantly change emotions based on what the guy was trying to do to ruin it. It was, it was pretty entertaining there. Uh, and it was funny because, believe it or not, was playing in the background, which was the famous voice mail message that he put on his answer machine that he sings in the show. Remember that from Seinfeld? I hate Believe Seinfeld. it or not, George isn't at home. I so cannot leave stand. your message at the beep. You never, you never know that from it? Okay. No. No, I, yeah. I, I, I mean, in terms of shows that I, I, I missed... I, um, 
Simpsons I don't know a lot about, but I know some, and I tend to like the episodes of The Simpsons I watched. Uh, I've watched Seinfeld is another big blank space for me, but every time I try to watch something Seinfeld related, I'm like I I really don't understand why people enjoyed. Seinfeld. You like Curb Your Enthusiasm? Yeah, I like Curb Your Enthusiasm okay. a little bit more, but I, I I don't like Seinfeld. That's all Larry David. That's all. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's, he's a huge obviously. George Costanza is, is Larry David. I mean, everyone knows at this point. He's he's basically the character in real life. Anyway, um, and then I tweeted out that I honestly, and this isn't me trying to be cool or edgy or hip or old, I, just, I didn't know who the Super Bowl halftime singer was. I had no This was the first time ever where I was like, I didn't have a hint of who it was. The weekend, with, without an E at the end. I had no clue who that was. And then I think the last song played, I was like, okay, I might have heard that song on the radio or played. I, I hadn't, I mean, seriously, I hadn't a clue. I hadn't seen this person before in my life. That is kind of bad. I hadn't seen that person. Like, I think I stopped watching the Grammys and MTV Music Awards once I hit my 30s. I, you know, I just stopped. I, I just, I'm just saying I don't pay attention to, like, a lot of mainstream music stuff, and I don't understand how anyone doesn't know who The Weeknd is at this point. Not, just, and, that's not me, and that's not me saying the music's bad. I just had no, I had no idea. So, I honestly didn't have any idea. And other people agree with well, me. Yeah, some people like Pat, your old. Some people are like, no, I had no idea either. My 30-year-old didn't. So my 30-year-old friend had no idea. I was like, I had no fucking clue. And then someone had a, a suggestion that, well, music isn't as centralized as it used to be. Sure. Um, it's spread out more. We're not all listening to the radio. And like I said, the, the music award shows aren't as big as they used to be. Like everyone used to watch the Grammys and MTV awards. And that doesn't happen anymore. So I had no clue. So I guess it's harder to keep up. And officially, once I hit 40, I'm like, okay. I just, I mean, and that's not me making fun of you for not knowing. I just, the amount of exposure The weekend has been given, I, I just, I, 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 I can't even miss it. Um, I like The weekend's music well enough, but I hear it every time I go to the grocery store, so I don't need to ever buy any. Oh, it's, it's one of those things that's so, it's, it's, it's so literally everywhere. It's, it's, at the, it's at the supermarket. It's just, yeah, that, and that's why I was surprised that you hadn't heard it, just because he's literally everywhere. Like, every time I go to the supermarket, you're guaranteed to hear one of his songs. The weekend. He's not that old, the guy. I looked him up afterwards. He's like only 30. So I'm like, he must be fairly new. Abel Mackinnon Tesfe. Okay. Yeah, the weekend's easier to say. Um, okay, Cont- contemporary music. All right. It's like the homogenized, modern, popular music. He's pop. Yeah, he's, pop. he's, yeah. he's 100% okay. a pop music. Okay, I'm not judging. I'm just saying, I, honest, I, I mean, gun to my head, who is this person? Pat's dead. Like, I'm not... <laughs> that's, I mean, that's it. Gun to my head, I had no idea who it was. I'd be like, I don't know. Kanye's cousin? I have no idea who that is. Okay. Um, so the game sucked. Everyone's saying Tom Brady's the GOAT. He's not. Not for team sports, no. He, he didn't dominate as much as Jordan or Wayne Gretzky or other team sports guys. Or fucking Willie Mays, which no one brings up, or Babe Ruth. So anyway. Yeah, I'm not he's still, here. He's still a good quarterback. I'm not saying he's not. He's not the best. At, he's, first of all, he's a shitty athlete. To be, like, he's not a good athlete. He's a good football player. He's not a good athlete. He can't run. He can't jump. He can throw a football and read defenses and call players. That's not like saying you're a great athlete. To me, it's something different. Sorry. Sorry. Not to get, I'm not a hater, even though my, Eli Manning beat him twice. So is Eli Manning a better athlete than, than, than Brady? Or he's better than him? No. I hate this shit. Sorry. I am a hater. Okay, I okay. hate Tom Brady. Okay. And the thing is, in the <laughs> okay. world of sports... There goes our Massachusetts uh, fan In base. the world of sports, I don't need a good reason to hate Tom Brady okay. other than the fact that I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. Oh, okay. And there as a go. Buffalo Bills fan, you are allowed. I, I hate Tom Brady. 
people get really into it when I say like, oh, I hate Tom Brady. They're like, oh, jealousy. That's that. The next thing, it's like, no, no. Sometimes it's as simple as I root for Team A, so I will always and forever hate person from Team B. Okay, it's fine. I hate uh, Tom Brady. I just think it's it's funny where like they they always say like, well, he beat this quarterback. It's like they don't face it. The quarterbacks don't play each other, and quarterbacks play only half the game. So like, they're not responsible for the other half of the game. So like, if you put Dan Marino who was an awesome quarterback on a shitty team, on Dan Marino from the 80s and put him on all these Patriots teams, you don't think they would have done even better? Come on. you got to be kidding me. It's ridiculous. Tom Brady I, I is hate. a shitty baby boy. Okay. <laughs> people, I just think it's funny when people try to argue this shit with facts when it's so obviously just based on emotion I know. and team alignments. Like, yes, it is. It, it, that's all it is. It doesn't have... Well, he did... I don't care what he did. I don't I care hate, if he was... I hate your little baby man. He can, I don't he, like him. He can, he can win uh, 10 more... Super Bowl is based upon having awesome defenses each time he goes to the Super Bowl, and I don't care. And I will tell you, he sucks every single yes. time. Okay. Uh, speaking of sucks, EA Sports is doing college football again. Real quick. That's my segue there. Uh, yeah, that's a good segue. All I've really got to say <laughs> on this is uh, that's it's good. Awesome. That's good. I'm tired of uh, $100 or $80 copies of NCAA 14 because um, that's what it's been going for. People, people are spending that much money to play a seven-year-old game. Seven-year-old sports game. I had someone come in just to see their team logo and blaze. They don't have the modern rosters. I saw. I had someone come in four really? months ago, buy a PlayStation, buy a PlayStation Three, and um, just to play NCAA fourteen. And they bought the copy of NCAA fourteen from us too. And at that time, it was at a hundred. Are you for real? Yeah. Dead serious. Because 12, 13 is on eBay for sixteen dollars. Yeah. No, fourteen. Fourteen specific. Just because that was the last one. It was the last one they did. Are you, and, fuck, and I'm the price on that's going to plummet now. Uh, now yes. that they're doing another one, which it is looks good. like. But no, you're not. Ian's not lying. No, there's one for open bidding. Four hours left. That's seventy six dollars. Are you? They must have made millions yeah. of those. It's Are you kidding it's me? It's gone down by about twenty bucks since uh, I would say like the summer. The Someone's summer. trying to get twenty five bucks just for the fucking case. That's hysterical to me. Yeah. So that, so that used to be probably like a twenty dollar game. It was a five dollar game at one point. And then people were like, "All those games, all those games get down to five bucks." And then they just realized that they weren't doing more of them, so people always want the most recent one they can get, so. just to collect so, that. No, just to play it. They want to. They want to play a college football These, game. People who are buying this are mostly buying it to play it. They just want the most relevant engine. They want the latest up. That's what they want. So, so. they're not. They're not going to play the Madden game, which has a more up to date engine. They want to play the last college football. They want to play college football. So they go and just, they like, want to play as Notre Dame, even though the roster, those guys are right now selling houses and doing. You know, they're they're, oh, they're doing uh, people's I think, taxes. I think there's probably the been. I'm sure they've been doing custom rosters. You can do custom rosters on the consoles? You can do custom rosters with just about any football game. Oh, they'll make you... Okay. There are people who are still updating fucking ESPN 2K5. They're doing what? Update. Updating. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) Updating ESPN 2K5, Patrick. Uh, Anyways, this is all well and good. I don't care. I would like to see a college basketball game again. Preferably not EA. Preferably if they pay the kids. Yeah, well, yeah, give the kids some I, fucking money. That's that's always been what I've put said. Their fa- they literally give, put their face the on the cover money. of these games, of these basketball games, and these football games, and they make money. Off- I think we're getting there finally. I think we're finally fucking getting cut there. cut this austerity bullshit. Oh, it's it. pure. No, you're making yeah. billions of dollars off of these fucking kids. It's slave labor. These kids are killing themselves, especially playing football, injuring themselves, and you're making billions of dollars. They're not getting a cent. Oh, they're getting tuition. Yeah, the skills uh, that don't balance out quite a bit there, do they? 
for the tuition versus making billions of dollars off of this shit. Pay them, you gross imbeciles. I'm not saying you got to give them millions of dollars. Give the kids like a fucking, uh, uh, tw- well, I don't know, 20 grand a year and they can't touch it until they graduate. Give them something. Something. If they sell, sell 20000 of your jersey, you should get a cut of that. Yeah, you don't, if it, you're making the money off of your name, you're not getting cut of it. You should be able to get a cut off that or your likeness. That's ridiculous. Just pay them. Just pay them. It's it's, it's, it's fucking it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's, it's absurd. There is no argument anyone can ever make. To no, me it's that, a purity. Get my ass a purity. Yeah, I'll give you a pure ass you can munch on. It's so all these crusty ridiculous. old people in their in their ivory towers, literally at ivory schools. Oh, we gotta get the money from these kids. Like that's what happens. They don't want to pay the kids. The word Sorry. austerity keeps coming up lately, and I, I hate I hate austerity in anything. This this false sternness that hey. we're doing it for your own good. This is this is for the kids so they hey. can learn a love and passion for the sport. Okay, well, yeah, I was thinking more. Usually, when you think of austerity, it's with tax tax uh, proposals, thing and policy. But that's but anyway. So um, austerity, yeah. There's austerity politics as well. So um, I watched uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World this weekend. And uh, over 10 years ago, this movie came out, right? It was 2010? Yes. We talk about St- Scott Pilgrim a lot because of the game. People love the game. Re-releasing the game. It's it's the poster child, as Ian said, for like digital gaming, how the game goes away. You can't buy it. So it came on Netflix. I don't know when. So I was, you know what? I'm going to sit down on my Saturday night, and I'm going to watch Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Never seen any of it before. Like just besides, I are you about remember. to have a lot of really old hot takes that are brand new to no, you? No, no. They, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> okay. I did. Okay. I enjoyed it. Yes. I don't think it was a horrible movie. Uh, do I ever want to watch this movie again? Never want to see this movie again. Um, and maybe because I'm 10 years removed from, from this, in terms of geek culture, how much geek co- culture has moved in 10 years. But I think even 30-year-old, uh, short-haired, slightly chubbier Pat would have disliked this movie to a degree, even 10 years ago, when when you know Walking Dead was all zombie geek culture, Comic-Con was blowing up. This We never had a celebration of geek culture to this extent before, and I was seeing it on the screen. And when I'm watching this, and I know it's based upon a graphic novel, when I'm watching this, all I'm thinking to myself is that Scott is the worst person in the world. That may not be a hot take, but the, um, this is an unlikable character, surrounded by other unlikable characters that I don't see how people got into this as much as they did back then besides the obviously awesome direction, great special effects the fight scenes are are well done and and the effects that said, the characters are shit in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World almost all of them are shit characters and are are unlikable characters and I almost turned it off 25 minutes in because the first half hour drags before anything happens Um, so I was just like, okay, where's this going? Um, and then I, I texted Ian because I was actually kind of shocked uh, that Scott Pilgrim's a 22-year-old character that's dating a 17-year-old high school student. And I looked it up in Canada about what the age of consent is. And in Canada, it's weird. It's like 16 or 17, but there's like conditions around it. So when I'm watching this, I'm like, did people gloss over this when this came out that this guy is is going out with someone that in most states in the U.S. would be illegal? And they even dance around it in the movie because they don't call it. They don't call it creepy. It's fucking creepy. They this the sister character calls it scandalous, and it's fucking creepy that the sister is into like gossiping about her brother's sex life or relationship. So that creeped me out too. The Anna Kendrick character, but it's fucking creepy that a twenty-two year old literally goes up to pick up his Asian schoolgirl 
high school girlfriend from high school while all the other students are coming out. And I'm watching this like, did, did anyone talk about this when this come out? Or we just wanted to see comic book and video game references in a movie. I was creeped out. I'm not even kidding. I was fucking creeped out by that. They definitely talked about it. That's the fucking point. <laughs> but they just say, oh, it's scandalous and weird. No, it's it's criminal. It's disgusting well, that I mean, he's doing that. The, the, and, and they try to get, dance around, well, we just kissed. But it's like, now you're trying to think, is Scott Pilgrim saying that because he knows it's creepy? Is he hiding something? Why Why are they allowing this to go on? It, they should be shaming him for this. And it's also a weird dynamic where she's into him as like a little teeny bopper because he's in a band. And so that's fucking creepy to me too, seeing that. And all rolled together, I was creeped out by that. I'm not, I'm not trying to go, you know, this isn't clutching a pearl necklace uh, or any necklace. Clutching pearls, is that what it's called? I just thought it was creepy. And I think the character is unlikable, and I think it's a weird uh, geek fantasy that this unlikable character has uh, he has a rock star ex-girlfriend that would never go for someone like him. Um, and then he meets a cool Ramona Flowers character that's like a hip, edgy character. Oh, oh, oh by the way, he's also dating an Asian schoolgirl. It's this weird geek fulfillment fantasy that I guess if you figure I can never get a girl, this is the life I want. I want to be Scott Pilgrim and have three unattainable women that are all in this love quadrangle going on at one time, and it turned me off. Just this weird, that weird angle alone. But I did like the fight scenes, and I did love like Chris Evans' character. Brandon Ruth was hysterical as the vegan uh, guy. That was the highlight of the movie to me, was that fight, and him being the vegan powers. I thought that was hysterical, because I didn't know he was in the movie until I saw it. I was, oh, Brandon Ruth there, but other than that, oh, and Jason Schwartzman was hysterical. Like, mm-hmm. he should have been in the movie the entire time, Jason Schwartzman. That was the biggest flaw to me is that Jason Schwartzman should have been the villain that grounded the entire movie. Like, him only showing up the, in the last 20 minutes, that was a demerit. That was, I guess, a, really. that that was, was a case of, um, it was a... <clears throat> was that a casting thing? They couldn't get him? Or? No, no, that was a um, that was a Game of Thrones thing. The manga hadn't yet been finished. Oh, really? So they didn't know how to write it? They didn't know how to finish the end. Oh, that was the biggest thing to me, is that, like, the first 30 minutes, um, nothing fantastical happens, then the fight happens without telling you this is going to be a video game fight. It's like, okay, I kind of buy it. It's a video game. Okay, I get that. They don't explain the League of Heroes, or excuse me, League of villain, uh, Villains at all. They have throwaway lines. Oh, they, he brought us together. But they don't really tell you why all these characters agree to fight together against it. It's, it's just like an afterthought. I kind of get that. But with Jason Schwartzman, the character is so good and so and so well done. Now I'm like, wow, he should have been the villain. You're supposed to introduce a villain within the first 20 minutes of a movie. That's pretty much standard for most of these type of movies, where it's like, all right, we know what we're going up against. With this movie, you're just sort of flying from scene to scene, and they throw the fight scenes in here and there, and I get they're, I get they're well done. But to me, the whole movie it would have been better if you had Schwartzman the whole time. So those are my thoughts, Ian. Are those old hot takes? Did people, were people saying that 10 years ago? Yes. Okay. You, you, this is a very surface-level reading of the of the movie. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I have really nothing else to add to Scott Pilgrim discourse in 2021. Okay. I, uh, just, I just was shocked. I, I, expected I mean, it. he was never supposed to be... I mean, if you went into the movie thinking he was supposed to be, like, a likable character, I guess that You should watch shocking. movies with likable characters. Otherwise, why do I want to watch the movie? I don't want to watch a movie with an unlikable character. That's like you don't watch movies with awful protagonists. I don't know, my favorite anime is full of unlikable characters. And okay, that's the point. It wasn't for me. Um, I, I wouldn't have liked it ten years I, ago. I, I have not watched. I, I've I haven't read the comic. I've seen the movie once. Um, but I mean, the point was never to find Scott Pilgrim a good character. <laughs> so what's the point? 
to watch this transformation. He doesn't really tra- he doesn't transform. Right, I know he doesn't. That's kind of the point of the comic. He but, transforms in the comic. But it, it, it's a, a send-up of people. Who, it, it, it's a send-up of the dude who used to go pick up the fucking seniors from your high school. Oh, so, see, I didn't know any guys like that. So, like, they acted like that. You knew, okay, I didn't. Those I didn't those, hang out with them. Those yeah. I, I didn't hang out with them either. I didn't those know. creepy fucking dudes were all over high school. So it's really a send-up of okay, this is an unlikable type of person. We're gonna follow him along the journey where his transformation is, and he's like, yeah, I'm sorry, I cheated on you too. And he that's was like, he was. He was the typical, he's the prototypical, I'm a good guy character who's not a good guy. Oh, I knew those good people in college. Okay. That, that's what he is. Then why do, we want, why do I want to see him win? I want to see him get his ass kicked. By the way, that's the only other you, thing you that... You do for a significant portion oh. of it. That's another thing that kind of bothered me. There's no stakes in the fight. There's like, he doesn't get hurt. He like falls down. It's like, well, what happens if he loses? He doesn't get the girl. So like, this, there's no stakes in the fights either. So by the time you get to the fourth fight, you're like... We know how it's going to end. That's the other thing. So like I said, that's, I know it's a hot take for 2020, but I'll never watch that movie again. Never. Okay. Never. We should really move on. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> We're going to move on to uh, a store. A store. We've got enamel pins. We've got shirts. We've got... Super Nintendo books. UltimateNintendo.com. UltimateNintendo.com. And we're doing a little sale right now. We're doing a, a 250 at CU podcast. A little, a little, sale. little sale. 25% off the limited shirts and 30% off the pins. This week. This week only. Go buy them up. Well, that's, that's the best sale Ian's ever done for anything on this show ever. Yep. Right there. And Go I'll, get your discounted goods. If you want to see me rail on Scott Pilgrim again, I'll be on Twitch uh, tomorrow. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Contrical before I do my 80s commercials. I will rail on how much <laughs> for, I for hate your that time, character. For, for, um, for Pat's timely takes. That was it really, a, was it really a, a criticism of like the asshole guys? That movie? That's what I was supposed I just, to be? I, 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 I don't know where you're thinking you're reading something that no one else has seen before. I never said no one else said it. Okay. I said this is just my response to it. Yeah. I've never seen a criticism of the movie. I've never saw reviews of it. And I don't know anything about the movie. And I watched it. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it's a... Why would I want to watch a movie about an asshole who picks up 17-year-olds? Like, I just don't want to watch that movie. Pat, move on. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not even in the mood. I'm not even trying to defend the movie. I thought the movie was okay. All right. Whatever. It was a movie. Uh, I saw this uh, cute little Xbox, little um, Beyond Generations video. Because friends and family has never been done in a concert before. We know that. But it was actually kind of endearing. Did you watch this thing? It's like an old British woman. Who was like young during World War II, talking to uh, I guess I guess it's a, I don't know if it's an influencer, but like his, so his the influencer is playing these multiplayer games with his grandmother, playing like racing games and other stuff. Oh yeah, and, I saw and, this. and she's telling him, and she's like recorded on Zoom, so it's real. This part's real. Obviously, with, with this guy, it's like nice camera work and cinematography, but with her, it's just Zoom. So it's it's authentic, I think, to a point. She makes her own character. They're playing Minecraft together, and she's like. T- talking about how she was growing up and this is a young guy this is a zoomer you know he's like 20 probably and, and, and the grandma's probably like 80 you know 80s ish something like that so it's kind of like they're connecting through playing the game because they can't see each other and talking about how i used to ride a horse and things like that how like she used to uh, i think she said like she, i used to sew or knit for doing something for world war ii it sounded like when she was very young mm-hmm. something like that so i'm like oh this is kind of endearing and um yeah that's all my thoughts on it. i think it was a cute little campaign that, that they did and I, and I guess this is what, you know, if you're an old person, you can play some of these games if you're taught how to use a fucking controller. It's not the most complicated thing in the world. No, I guess... Uh, that's what I go over and do. It's like, she's using a controller. She's playing Minecraft and racing games. 
it's a it's you know it's a simple ad campaign gets you in the feels i guess uh but it, it, it's true and it's something that i think is important we're and i've mentioned this before it, the, the more time goes on, the less and less we have. It's it's stereotypical to think, oh, old people don't know how to use technology. But we're all getting older, and we're getting to the point where most old people have handled this stuff before. We're no longer there's there's not going to be a generation very soon. There's not going to be a generation that looks at video games and goes, oh, that's fancy tech. I've never touched that. It's something well, that people are are acclimated with, or it's. I think it's easier for a lot of people to learn now than it was say 15 20 sure. years ago and it's a good way to stay in touch it, it's something that really is um yeah she's probably like 80 about yeah so like some for her, she she's heard of this stuff you know um, she's uh she's right before baby boomer she's probably born 1940 1939 around there 38 so like she's heard of this stuff but like uh, old people can manage if they sell their faculty they can learn this stuff i mean yeah. Then again, programming VCR was always hard even for even for my parents or even me for me back in the day. That just wasn't clear on. It wasn't clear with those little buttons. You got to yeah. snap the thing down. It just wasn't clear uh, to do that. Anyway, I thought it was endearing. Yes, yes, it's advertising, but they're not making a ton of money off of you know twenty year old Xbox fans going to want to game with their grandparents. You know, Mary and Jason, go go check that out. I thought it was, I thought it was cute. And this is an Xbox story that we we, we were going to talk about last week and we didn't about the GoldenEye uh, Cancel three sixty version uh, surfaced. Um, and there's been gameplay video. I think it's going to be released at some point. I saw Matt McMuscles got a hold of it and did a, a video about it. And it's an HD uh, 2007 upgrade of the original. And um, it's it it would have sold like gangbusters if it had come out with multiplayer, with online multiplayer. And um, you know, it's it's funny when you look at this, you're like, oh, it doesn't look too new. Then you go back and compare it to the, how the faces looked like on the 97 version or, or so. And you're like, oh. Now I see, or 98 version, now I see the difference in how this even looks older, but it looks a lot better than the one 20, you know, 20 years ago, 10 years before this one. And, uh, yeah, did you have any thoughts? Did you watch some gameplay of it? I did. I mean, I never, I was never a huge fan of the original. Um, but I probably, had this come out on the 360, I do think I probably would have bought it and um, enjoyed it a lot more than I did the N64 version. By the time the N64 version, I, I don't say I don't like it to be contrarian, because everyone seems to love GoldenEye. It was the fact that by the time GoldenEye got big, I had already been playing a lot of first-person shooters on... You were spoiled. PC. Yeah, I was spoiled. I was spoiled, spoiled too. I, I, I played a bunch of first-person shooters before I ever got to GoldenEye. Um, <clears throat> the, control, the controller, the control scheme for GoldenEye was not... Ideal, I, you know, I, I kind of butted up against it trying to figure out how to play these games with a, you know, a standard controller. Um, and then the multiplayer was cool, but, you know, split screen on a 27-inch TV, with four windows. Frames, frame rate was not great with four players blasting at each other. I just didn't see the appeal. It, 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 it was to, a step back to us. Yes. It, to it a, was a step back. To a degree, it felt been there, done that. Yeah. However, when the 360 came out, probably around the time that this would have been released, I was playing online a lot again. <clears throat> I was playing um, even some first-person shooters with friends. Uh, this would have hit Xbox Live Arcade. This would have been a very easy purchase for me for some online you know, gaming with friends. Uh, Twin-stick control would have been a lot better than what was on the 64. And I, I feel like I would have... <clears throat> I would have enjoyed this 
quite a bit. This is something that I definitely would have been playing a, a considerable amount of had it been released so, at that time. So they try to keep it as close to the original code as possible. The idea was to keep the code as close as possible to the original and compile it as, as it was where possible. Where things got interesting was the addition of a swap graphics button. Anytime a player tapped that button, the game's new Xbox engine would bolt new models and textures on top of the N64's versions geometry collisions movement and joint and skinning systems they increase the in-game resolution and remove an n64 like anti-aliasing filter tap the button again and the game would go back to the original resolution textures and base geometry okay so you could go basically go back and forth in terms of the graphic style which is pretty cool uh back then that was that was the case and from what i was reading here it was like it was, it was getting close to finished they were yeah. just bug hunting at that point so um in this yeah some information that popped up yesterday and today um to ground this in something current is that uh, this was very close to release um, the rare dev team that was working on it says that there was something like 90 bugs left to go knock out they you know that was what was left on their to do list um, so very very close to being completed uh, that's a bummer it never came up um, and then we were told everyone had approved it Edmund sa- uh, says the rights were all cleared with no condition that anybody had to work on a version for a Nintendo console or any other requirements this was all the team needed to hear to continue work on the 360 version. Uh, later, the, the eight devs in the project learned the truth about negotiations when it was canceled. When it was put to Nintendo, everyone there approved it, except they didn't check with the one guy who mattered and trying to figure out who the one guy was. So uh, some other Nintendo executive whose name was like a mystery to the Red Development team. So they had to get the sign-off of, obviously, the, the rights holders to James Bond. And I guess Nintendo still had, had their, their stake in, in the original since they published it. Uh, back then so it's like at that point nintendo was the holdout so it's like right oh fuck right they could have cleared it and then you would have saw it maybe maybe it's the fact that nintendo's like well if, if we can't really make money off of this if we can't put this on could they have put it on the wii would it we have been a powerful enough to have played it versus the versus the 360 yeah maybe that's what they thought we can't make the money we're basically having microsoft eat our lunch on a game right. that we were involved with maybe maybe what are you thinking? Do you think that's what it was or something else? No, I mean, it could have. I, I didn't put much thought into it. But yeah, I mean, Nintendo, I just figured, would always be, make it kind of difficult to ever get a true GoldenEye remake off the ground. Yeah, it, it's interesting. Um, it's it's one of those things where yeah, I, was, I was in a similar boat for you when I played it where I was not indignant about the fact that um, other people were enjoying it. Because remember, we were playing with kids that didn't not everyone had pcs yet in the mid 90s so like, okay okay you might have heard doom you never played it but you never played duke nukem you never played these other awesome first person shooters that were playing you know there were a lot of them that were really good and it was the fact that yeah you get the controller and you get your ass kicked like like you never played a first person shooter before when you played them for like years at that point i do know? want to say this as much <laughs> as I, I i always rag on the game it's always from the it's a fun game it, well it's always yeah it's always from it's the the uh viewpoint of multiplayer yes um because that's all anyone ever did like after the game had been out for a couple months all anyone ever did was play multiplayer sure. the single player game was pretty cool yeah. for the time with oh, its, yeah. it, it, multiple you know uh you know missions that you had to get done bonus missions there was different objectives primary yeah, objectives, objectives. Like, yeah. It oh was, yeah it was a really well and, and they followed the movie as best they could for a game like that yeah for someone uh, especially me who does not give rare much credit it was a i mean it was an interesting game if that had been on pc i i, I probably would have played the hell out of the oh, single yes. player oh, the single player campaign 100 percent. if that was a multiplayer in the pc in the late 90s that would have been huge but yeah no multiplayer was all anyone ever wanted to do and i just i didn't get into it and the soundtrack's amazing 
That is a good song. They didn't touch the soundtrack, thankfully, a lot of the footage I saw up in 361. They didn't touch it. They didn't, just the same soundtrack. We'll just throw it back in there because if they, they touched that, people would have went nuts. So, um, yeah, well, well uh, hopefully that's released and hopefully someone's not sued when, it, when everyone has it and when they'll, they'll do... I, I saw a multiplayer, a local one being played with a with split screen, I believe. Mm. But if they, if they somehow patch that to be able to play that in a PC with multiplayer, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Uh, a Nintendo documentary series was announced. Uh, which is coming out in March, and looks super interesting. I'm glad we're now entering like the this golden age of video game documentaries. Mm-hmm. Some are uh, some have been bad. Finally moved in. Some have been it's better. That's an ad that's playing auto played somehow, even though I have it turned off. So I, I'm glad to see stuff like this happening. And and this one is going to be. Please don't auto play again, Gamespot. You're killing me, Gamespot. I'm giving you another chance here. Um, so, it's called Playing With Power. The Nintendo story will premiere on Crackle, the ad-supported streaming service previously owned by Sony. I didn't know Crackle was still around. Yeah, did I. Uh, written and directed by Jeremy Sneed and narrated by Sean, Sean Astin. All right. Who previously, wor- previously worked, uh, they previously worked together on video games and movie, which I still have yet to see. The series, the series will tackle over a century of Nintendo's history, and it was developed over the course of four years. So, you're going back to the Anafuda days there, up into the toy era, and board games, and Sex motels up until video games and things. So that's going to be really interesting. Love motels. Patrick. Yeah, you just shared ice cream in those rooms. And, Love hotels. And, and you and, and you light touching uh, there. Um, light petting. <laughs> light petting? Is that what it's called? The light light petting? petting? No, no, it's so called Even as a kid, I was like, what is that? I was like, light petting. Heavy petting. I was like, what does that mean? Yeah, paw. What is it? I don't get that. Um... So, have you seen video games in the movie? I've never seen it. No. According to this article, it was critically derided when it was released in 2014. It was called Unfocused. and took a pretty service-level look at the subject matter. Was it trying to cover all video games in 2014 for like an audience that didn't know what video games was? A no, lot's no. happened in six, seven years. It's true. When it comes to this medium. A lot's happened. Now people are taking this a lot more seriously. Um, with, with uh, God, we just had the Netflix document we talked about. Console Wars, there's others, the Tony Hawk one, there's tons of other ones, there's all these mini ones. So there's an arcade documentary we talked about a couple, few months ago. There's a lot coming out now. We're getting more professional level documentaries to really do this justice. However, it's on Crackle. I don't even know how to access Crackle, so I'm not sure how I'm going to be able to see this. <laughs> if it's on Amazon, you know, I'll rent it or, or, or buy it. Would you want to check this out? It's going to be a four-part, so is that four hours? I will probably watch it. Four-part series tend to be right in my wheelhouse. Excuse yes, me. For, Jesus for, Louise. For killers and for Nintendo history. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I guess if you... Yeah, you can do the whole history. The first hour can be up to the video games, probably. Then three three hours covering, you know, uh, 80s to probably yeah. mid-90s then after that. That you seems can, reasonable. You can do that. That's not, it's, that's not... You can cover a good amount of stuff, probably. If they're hours, not four, I hate to have you do this artificial 45-minute bullshit when it's not a TV show. Make it an hour. There's no commercials to worry about. Right. It doesn't be 45 minutes for 44 minutes for 15 minutes of commercials. What are we doing here? You want to talk about that new NES mapper that was announced, Ian? By Something Nerdy? Yeah. Yeah. Something Nerdy Studios. I, I talked to them a little bit behind the scenes. Uh, there's a new NES mapper, uh, which is... Uh, Pat's got the behind-the-scene info. Back to you, Patrick. <laughs> oh, come on! <laughs> I don't want to carry the whole podcast on my back here. Um, okay. Um, 
So, Look, I didn't watch any 10-year-old movies to talk about today, and I don't know anything about well, mappers. okay. I, I just, <laughs> I was starting to try to go somewhere with the mapper talk. So, so Something Nerdy Studios, at Something Nerdy, without a G, they've been tweeting out, like, little things about, look at this sprite art, pixel art, NES hashtag, look at this full motion video on their Twitter. They said, ever play Corona Trigger? Remember that Mode 7 cutscene where, where, when Lavos falls? So... They are developed. They, de- they have developed a, a mapper called MXM-0. If you don't know anything about Nintendo mappers, you're not alone because I barely understand them. They're basically um, different memory modules that each game, each NES game, has a mapper that's a, that can do different things. It's you can do different programming tricks, different art things. That's why Super Mario Three looks different than Ice Climber. That's right. why Ice Climber looks different than Wally Bear. It's not one size fits all in NES. That's why you can get different tricks in Kirby. The more complex of the game, it has a more complex mapper. And the game can be bigger. It can do different things. Uh, so they're doing something. They're creating a new mapper. And a lot of games have their own mapper. A lot of the pirate games have their own mapper to try to do things or figure out things for themselves. So that's not new. But the fact that they're trying to do something to, to make this look more like... This looks like a TurboGrafx-16 game. And some of the f- footage they're tweeting in Sprite Art. It looks closer to 16-bit graphics. Not quite 16-bit. It's closer. The effects are definitely closer to 16-bit here. Yes, so, and that's what I've noticed. It's um, the animation, the animation, the effects, like the the waves in the water, um, the rustling in the grass, that sort of stuff, uh, all taken. That sort of stuff in the amount that's done in the little clips that we've seen sure. really makes it look pretty special. Um, obviously, you're still limited, you know, to a certain number of colors and things like that. Sure. Um, I think less so though with this map. What it looks like, like looks like there's, like look at the character's face. There's shading on the face. I noticed a little bit of it on that. On so there's the, not yeah. just like three or four colors as, as you usually be standing on a sprite. You can only have three or maybe four colors. It looks like there's more than that here. They're, at least they're using them a lot better. Um, so the plan is they're making a game with using this mapper and they're also planning on having, on having, uh, you know, cartridge built, I think built through, uh, infinite NES lives who've, who've done, you know, they do the, the shells and things and do the, the inversion project, I believe is the name of yes. the, it's going uh, to be a science fiction, uh, looks like action RPG yeah. it says think fallout, but real time. Wow. Real time. Okay. Set on an alien world where a failed terraforming mission t- took place. Mystery, intrigues, puzzle, exploration. So I guess you'd ask yourself, why would you want to do this? Like, why would you want to have an NES game push the NES to its absolute limits? Uh, not going to hit it again. Uh, to do something like this versus programming elsewhere. Well, there's people that have, have they already have uh, experience coding with NES games. Right. So they want to be able to do something a little bit beyond. And a game like this, you could put this on an NES cart probably... A, a more spend your NES cart if you have to make a, a new mapper, but you can still sell an actual NES cart. But the digital release of this might appeal just a little bit more because it doesn't look quite eight bit. Without doing a separate, without doing a separate a release, you can do the same game and have it released here. So I'm like, I, I get that. I totally get that. It kind of bridges um, the gap. It, it it's tries closer. to bridge the gap between an NES, a game on the NES, and something that might look more like a modern indie game. It's closer. It's not there. It's not entirely sixteen bit, but it, it's straddling that line. It's getting there. Uh, so I get that. So yeah, I, I talked to uh, one of the people from Something Nerdy, uh, and they have a full team working on this game and developing this mapper. So right now, the mapper uh, is working uh, on. Uh, it's, I guess they had to custom code it for the Messin uh, emulator, which I'm not familiar with the emulator at all. So it, it's it's a it's a theoretical thing. Theoretically, it works. We can do NES games like this. They 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 have a, a full motion video playing. 
uh, in 8-bit, which was funny. They had a Jurassic Park video I saw in Empire Strikes Back where that's playing on it. Like, that can technically play on NES hardware. You'll be able to see, like, a scene, like a movie scene play out. So something like from Out of This World. Like, that sort of yeah. full motion video. It's like, oh, that's, that's super interesting for an NES game to do that. So I guess, I guess we'll probably talk about this more. There'll eventually be a Kickstarter uh, for this game. And, you know, we'll probably cover that and see what... I think it's exciting. Yeah, no, it's very neat. I especially, I mean, if this is what we're seeing with it just now, it'll be really impressive to see what other people can do with it too. Absolutely. Um, and then, uh, then uh, out of nowhere, Howard Phillips, our our buddy, hero friend, Howard Phillips. I got two signed cars from him. Only time I ever got starstruck. Howard Phillips, the games games master from Nintendo, worked for Nintendo ten years uh, from his days of of. of of carton, you know, Donkey Kong cabinets into the warehouse uh, up to the release of the Super Nintendo when he decided to go off into, you know, greener pastures there. Um, everyone knew Howard Phillips from Howard and Nestor. He was a face of Nintendo for years, Nintendo Power. So um, he has a Kickstarter that came out uh, uh, this morning. It came out. Um, and it's going to be a an insider's guide to Nintendo's coming of age, Game Master Classified. It's going to be like a graphic novel type of book with stories. Uh, about how, how he worked inside Nintendo and wacky things that happened and secrets and favorite games and things. And I'm in. I'm going to get this if it comes out. I'll get this. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, this will be a fun read. Um, I met Howard once. He's friendly, affable, fun to talk very to. Very affable. Uh, Did you meet him at uh, uh, Portland? PRG? I met, I met him at Classic Game Expo. I met him at yeah, one of the Portlands. Um, maybe even the most recent Portland, which is not very recent. I was going to say, it was a year and a half ago. year yeah. and a half. Um, that might have been it. But, uh, no, I I think he's probably got some very interesting stories to tell. Um, you know, a guy who was there f- by all... I mean, during that period that so many of us love so much. I mean, That's the period. Yeah, he's got all the info. Um, so I do think it'll be an interesting read, and I would definitely like to check it out. You can see uh, he's doing this with a, a partner. Uh, Matthew Toronto is doing... Um, uh, obviously, the, the, all the artwork. The, it's it's laid out like a magazine, but with stories. There's little. There's a little Howard and Nestor uh, called a uh, little kind of comic called Howard's Now Playing, um, where it's, I think it's a story I heard him tell about people who are afraid, afraid that the zapper looked like a toy gun. And he's like, how can you confuse a toy zapper gun with a real gun? And it's a cute little comic <laughs> uh, about that. And then classified information about the Donkey Kong. A universal lawsuit about about King Kong versus oh, Donkey. Nice. Uh, so that's there on this page here, and then uh, he got my attention because his original tweet last uh, yesterday because he hasn't tweeted in like two three years. He kind of go he kind of goes off and then it comes back. His tweet yesterday was question: What do to a surprise end of Super Mario Brothers? Surprise end. That's interesting. The Legend of Zelda without English text. Huh. The woodshed with Howard Lincoln. What was that? A fight that happened? <laughs> An anatomically correct boss character. What? The, the total number of stadium event games produced. An obscene title screen and a butter monkey have in common. I'll buy it just to find that out. I'll spend the, what is it? How much does it cost for this book? Uh, 19 bucks for the ebook. Then the hardcover is 39 bucks. I'm in just for that. Uh, and all I can say is this: uh, You can thank me because I pestered the hell out of him to, to try to get him to answer that before I did my stay events video three years ago. Because uh, I, I said, "Hey, hey, Howard, uh, you have this information." He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he probably realized, "Hey, if Pat's asking, maybe other people care." No, only me and twenty other crazy people care about this. But I'm glad it's going to be in this book. I'm so happy <laughs> to find out. 
how much how many stadium events were produced. That'll be fun. So and it sounds like there could be a story behind that too, potentially. There has to be a story behind that. That's why I alluded to in my fucking long video. There has to be a story here about how it was produced and so little of them were made. There has to there's something to this. Um, and that's and, and no, it wasn't a fucking Woolworths, New York fucking test market thing. That's ridiculous. This is the real the real Howard's got the skinny on stadium events. Yes. So, is there anything else you want to hear him talk about or explain? That'd be interesting. No, that's that's. I mean, he's much. told us. He's told me in passing, and other people around, like, like. I mean, he he said straight out that I even I think I asked him straight out. You know what? You know, Super Mario Brothers two. You know wh- why? Why did the Japanese one never come out? He, he, he said I played it. It wasn't fun. Like it, it wasn't fun. Super Mario. Yeah. It, 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 he said. He basically said you're rewarding the play. You're 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 punishing the player for how they played in the first one and the second one. Yeah. For getting all the mushrooms for going quickly. You changed the game entirely, and he said it's not fun. So like. Thank you can thank Howard for the for the awesome real Super Mario Brothers two that that we got because he probably had a hand in that because he was playing all the games like he was literally playing the games that came in and said oh this game sucks this is good we're gonna do this one you know I'm not saying he had a hundred percent track record on those but for the most part he kept a lot of the the bad games out there's some Famicom games you look at that deal oh, those are clunkers those were like Atari, Atari twenty six hundred type games that should never have come out in the NES and they didn't thankfully it, it was a step above that seal of quality. Um, talk about talk about the ass and mass effect. I really don't. Um, but basically, uh, people seem effect. to be upset because the Mass Effect remake, um, is going to be changing the uh, angle, uh, uh, cutting back on some of the gratuitous butt shots that were in the original game. The original game was known for basically in a lot of the cinematic cutscenes, uh, the camera would be oddly situated directly behind. Oddly. Yes, oddly situated uh, directly behind the ass, as opposed to a you know a more what? natural uh, camera angle. Was it equal opportunity? Was it man ass as well? You can see. From what that? I understand, there was a lot of ass. Uh, Just ass all. I never played it. Um, well, I'm, looking, I'm looking at this dialogue shot here on this page on PC Gamer, and it is funny the framing because usually when you watch a movie and it's framed, you know, it, it, you know, the reverse reverse angle, re- reverse angle, you're like over the shoulder, you see the side of the person's head. This is literally up. You you see uh, what's his name, the main character, um, and then you see your ass on the left side. So it's angled up. So to shoot that shot, if you had a camera, you had to be like on the ground behind your ass, pointed up to get that shot. If it was actually using a camera, I just think it's funny. Yes, it's gratuitous. Uh, it's very gratuitous. So of uh, course you probably have grifting YouTubers yeah, so that you, are you, angry. You say you're going to change yeah. that and you're going to add some animations so that uh, female Shepherd and male Shepherd, you know, others uh, they're. they're there aren't uh, instances of shared animations looking weird on one or the other, uh, especially, well, looking weird on female Shepard. But yeah, you do get grifting YouTubers who are going to cry about fucking censorship to make their dollars. And Go watch, go play the original then and see the ass. The ass is still there. Yeah. Go go watch every cutscene for every video game that has ever existed is on YouTube at this point, so you can see all the cutscenes. You want to see that Miranda ass or M- Miranda ass? One word? They're changing a camera angle, not a game. Uh, not the game. You'll live. Sure. You know what's going to change the game, Ian? We have an animated Tales from the Game Store. It's going to premiere Saturday the 13th at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Pacific. Uh, it's been in the works for a bit. Uh, someone did it. It's funny. Someone said, hey, uh, I did this I did this uh, Tales from the Game Store animated. I was like, oh, you did? Okay. That's basically how it happened. So you can see it early. If you go to patreon.com slash podcast, I'm going to put up early. Or if you, if you remember, on YouTube, you'll see that early. So even Ian might enjoy it once she sees it. It's very well done. And lastly, in our little... Uh, Long-ass intro. Long That's intro. a 250th. I can edit longer today. 
Um, WB has patented their Nemesis system that they use in uh, they used in Shadows of Mordor and Mordor. What was the other one? There's two games that have like those names: um, Middle Earth, Shadows of Mordor, Nemesis system, and they did the other Mordor. Uh, this system has basically been the the one good thing people talk about with this game, and um, and how it's unique. And I think people were really expecting to see more of it. Basically, um, Nemesis is the 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 way I can is if I'm understanding this correctly, is that it's like procedural generation for enemy units. So like if you take out uh, a a a leader of like a troop or something uh-huh. in this it picks from someone else within that troop that all have their own unique stats and things like that to be um uh promoted to become like the next next to- the assistant chasm becomes a captain yeah basically. essentially and and so there's basically an entire network of procedural generated enemies that have their own hierarchies and strengths and they replace each other as they die as they and die. fall out and from what i've understood it's, their ranks get basically changed basically yeah. got it um that's interesting and i've heard it's a really great system it's very interesting it leads to you know uh you know uh clever situations in the game and adds you know strategy to it uh and now they have tried to well not tried they have they've patented the system and patenting gameplay mechanics is an awful awful thing to do uh, a bad idea and a slippery slope it's re- it, it got rejected originally it looked like from the patent office then the next year they, they accepted it somehow notice of, of allowance was issued in 2020 2019 it was rejected what the hell happened in that year um Laughing my ass off, what a load of shit, Obsidian Design Director Josh Sawyer wrote on Twitter last week. If you take someone's design to make a better version of it, you should be given a trophy and a triumph through the um, streets, and the people who made previous versions should applaud you and say, wow, that was really cool. I mean, the whole point of video games and how we've gotten to this point is being able to iterate on cool ideas and improve ideas and make them better, and this seems like it's uh, the antithesis of that. Uh, this, did, this did they pat- How do you patent it? How do you patent a gameplay design? Like, how do you do that? Because you're not physically creating something. It's an idea. That's like that's like patenting. That'd be like patenting a a a like part of a story. Like, I'm patenting. I kidnap someone, and then the bad guy's holding him for ransom, and then the good guy has to get him back. Like, you can't. That's just that's just part of, part of the creative. Like, you can't patent like uh like a game show idea. Or a genre of a, or a sitcom. Like imagine if you patent, if they said back in the honeymooners, okay, no, there's be no other sitcoms ever. You can't do something where everyone's laughing at an audience of a, a man and wife can't get get they can't get along and they have wacky neighbors. That's like ha- that's like half of sitcoms that exist. It, it's a huge slippery slope. This that no one's going to want to do something like this ever in their game or come close to it. They think they're going to get sued potentially or have to pay a license for for a gameplay element. That's insane. Uh, I, I can't, this will go to court. I think this would have to go to court. Uh, Rami Ismail said here from Vlambeer, since I was forced to learn a little bit about this, a patent is not a copyright, and having one doesn't necessarily yes. mean they'll enforce it or win a case on it. So, because a copyright, a copyright is something in stone. It's something written or recorded. It's something that if someone else tries to do it, you can say, "Oh no, I have it replicated." Right? Like you can't do that exact same thing. This it would be so nebulous that like, what if I tiptoed a 
to up to the point where I'm doing something similar, am I, they're going to go after me because my game plays similarly. That's insane. You can't you can't have characters jump and hit blocks because because Mario does that. Nintendo's got a patent on it. You can't do platformers anymore. When you that you can't do that. You can't patent uh, like movie ideas or structures or game ideas or stru- you can't do that. That's insane. Yeah. It so. looks like it might be scaring people off. This uh, um, narrative but, designer and writer Cat Manning says the patent is so broad as to be absurd. Multiple other emergent, emergent narrative systems that I've seen and worked on could be described with this language. Um, probably would not be legally enforceable, but I and other indie devs don't have the money to find out. So why would WB get a patent if they think they can't legally go after someone? Or maybe they don't want it. They just want to say, oh, we did something cool. Is that a marketing ploy? Oh, we have this patent. So they can put on their package, patented gameplay Nemesis design? Sips. Yeah. Uh, I the, mean, the, just... the ne- we're using the Nemesis system in our other games? Yeah. You can do that without patenting it. No. Remember the Fine Brothers? This is, is a memory. The Fine Brothers wanted to patent the genre of reaction videos. Yeah, I remember that shit. How did that work out? It didn't. Woo! All right, Ian... Yes. You know we love game preservation. I do. There was a controversy recently um, around a Glover prototype that was uh, being released by our pals at Forest of Illusion. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, Forest of Illusion was releasing a prototype uh, over two decades old of Glover, and they were told that they had to uh, pull the N64 prototype Um, because Pico Interactive, uh, a company who takes dead IPs and then does... Re-releases. Re-releases, yeah. They they buy these dead uh, game IPs that no one really wants. Um, Told them that they had to uh, remove it and take it down. Um, And it looks like uh, because they're doing a switch port of uh, Glover. Of Of the N64 Glover. Yeah. Um, Which is... I don't know, asinine and not a way to uh, generate any sort of goodwill uh, within the community, especially when these very people are probably the only people who would be truly interested in a majority of the products that Pico Interactive is selling. It just doesn't seem like uh, a smart smart business move. Um, So that was posted to Twitter, and uh, people spread it around. Uh, Definitely seemed dirty. the uh, Force of Illusion spoke to Pico Interactive and um, they did get an apology, uh, said that it was a big misunderstanding and all parties are on good well, terms, and uh, they apologized for coming off a bit strong or against preservation, well, well, which well, is basically what they needed to say. Well, before that, before we got to that point, For, Force of Illusion said they spoke to someone working on this Glover project, and so I, I guess what Pico was uh, alleging was that they, they released the same ROM that they that Pico was working on to finish and release, which wasn't the case. It was a prototype much earlier, Rom, and so they couldn't get that cleared up. And then there was uh, legal threats. So like it's like so there was miscommunication happening. But then everyone turned against Force of Illusion online, and basically uh, this was from Simon. It's Simon Times said Pico Interactive is the worst kind of scum, destroying video game preservation with every IP they get their hands onto and ultimately never release, as well as send legal threats to those who dump and release prototype ROMs of the games they claim to have bought the rights to. So there's a history here I don't know a huge amount about, but this I guess this person is saying uh, claiming that Pico Interactive may have had a history of going after. Or doing things like this in the past. About People who have access to prototypes of games that they have the rights to, sure. basically. Or, or, yeah, because I, I guess if, you, if you're if you buying a 25-year-old property, I guess if I'm Pico Interactive, 
I don't want that ROM out there of my earlier game for some reason. I don't know how that damages the 25, 30-year-old game that I bought the rights to. I mean, the ROMs for the release games are out everywhere anyway. Right. So what's the difference? Everyone has the Glover N64 ROM who ever could have wanted it before. It's out there. So like, what? how is it damaging you that you're putting out a Switch release? It's not. In any way, shape, or form, I mean, it doesn't if you, damage you at all. Sure, if you want to, if you have the legal claim now because you bought the IP and can claim that, I get it. Legally, you can say, yeah, I don't want that ROM being spread around. But from a PR perspective, it is awful to do that. It's just awful. There's just no common sense to it. Yeah, especially in a in a like I said uh, at the at the start of this in an in a scene that is so small to begin with, where you are potentially. Um, turning off the very people who buy your products who would have any interest in your products absolutely and and the other criticism i've seen is, is because and we've seen this with other uh, roms that we talked about this with uh, i think with socks a cat a little bit about when 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 some of these people uh they bu- they buy well either the, the game the physical game but not the rice or buy the rice these games they fiddle with the roms yep they change the the intro screen to to remove the original publisher or information and copyright and to put their copyright there and to put their publisher. And it's like, okay, I kind of see that if you're re-releasing it officially of doing that, but then not having the original ROM available on top for just for preservation sake to be like, listen, we're putting out, you know, they put out what the, the, the fucking 40 winks. They bought that NCC four cancel and put that out. It's like, okay, I get that. You put out your, your version, at least have the original available somewhere yeah. just so that you made your money. Like, you got your cartridges out now release the original dump you're not the original developer you're not the, you, know, you didn't put the money behind this game originally like put out the original one and then i don't also like when they fiddle around with stuff and try to improve the game i don't like that either uh i just think that you should have it pure but whatever that's another conversation well i think that that uh, can be fun in addition to preserving the original sure. like they did yeah. with uh the um uh jim power the, the no uh the genesis uh the genesis rom for aladdin in the uh okay sure that, that I thought that was cool, but yes, you also have it next to the sure. original. Yeah, just just give us an option here because now we're at this certain point where I even said, like God, um, well, there, there's not too many companies that are doing this that are buying. If you go to if you go to Pico site, I mean, they they got all the rights to the Wisdom Tree games, and we talked about that in the years past the Kickstarter. Um, so they have you know the right rights to the, some of the Bible games. They have the Jim Power Kickstarter, Forty Winks. Um, it's canceled or prototype games. Mr. Bloppy saves the world. Uh, Iron Commando was a Super Nintendo. It was on the, it was on the fa- Super Famicom. Didn't come out here. Uh, yeah, beat him up. Uh, so things like that. They're, they're going after these properties that are more esoteric. Haven't said that word in a long time on the podcast. <laughs> I get to do it on the 250th. And game, uh, Dork and, and Yimp. Uh, you know, Super 3D Noah's Ark. A lot of games that the average person never would have heard of or would have played. So the audience for these releases probably isn't huge to begin with. I don't imagine there being a huge audience for Glover. I know it was, it was a, probably a decent uh, success when it came out. Everyone who comes into the store sees it and goes, oh, I loved that game when I was a kid, and then they buy it, and then they come back and they tell me how awful the game is. So <laughs> I, I don't think there's a whole lot of actual love for Glover out so, there. So, I mean, to do the Switch release and to do the, uh, I guess they're trying to, they're going to probably try to release, I guess there's a prototype of the sequel never came out. That's how, that's how you know the lore, you know, the, the Glover IP was strong. They didn't do, like, the single release. It's just, oh, wow, the one game, we're done. You know, basically. But, um, it's, again, it's just bad PR to to do this. It's just bad. If if they could have worked this out without a legal threat, and be like, okay, we're working in conjunction with them, 
it would have been a lot more better PR for people to be, be like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll check out Glover. It's like five bucks on the Switch shop or whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll pick it up and play it and, right. for a lark. And now it's like, eh, what are you doing here? You're being a little little cutthroat. Even so within your legal right, it's still kind of shitty to do this. Especially especially when, uh, you know, a, a lot of this stuff, these are, these are games where... He's Pico Interactive is is using the same methods to acquire the rights to these games at these as these game preservations are doing of their own free will without making money, trying to hunt down some of these old devs, find out what happened to him. So you have an altruistic front doing the same work as Pico, but Pico is the is the cutthroat model of it. So there's also this, you know what I mean? There's yes. a battle going on uh, to the people. Seeing Pico do this, they're like, oh shit, if he does this for Glover, he's going to do this for any game he gets his hands on. Now it's a weird race, and we can't offer a ton of money maybe to the people that just to get him to release this, and this guy's, this guy's going to buy him up, make money on him, and now potentially suppress the release of this stuff. So I totally see it. I totally see it. It is dangerous. But thankfully, it came to an amicable agreement after there was severe backlash against Pico, but it, it shouldn't have had to come to it that. It should not have had to bubble That's into the, the public eye. It shouldn't have ever had to have gotten to that point. It's bad PR for Pico. It, it's just bad for everyone. Now it creates this weird rift that maybe shouldn't have to resist. Or maybe most people didn't know what Pico Interactive was or how they did business. I have no idea. I'm not saying they can't go out and buy old IPs. Hey, there's a couple in my head I want to... You know, I, I maybe, okay, I haven't seen the release of this game. Maybe I want to buy that game. But, you know, I don't have the time for that. But anyway, but to, you don't you don't threaten to assume this. You don't th- you don't do that over fucking Glover. It's it's Glover. Relax. Yeah, it's Glover. <laughs> There's a reason gl- the Glover IP was available to buy. Yeah, <laughs> calm your tits. <laughs> There's a reason that no one you know the the old Wisdom Tree games you could buy for like you know probably pennies on the dollar on here. So all right, well that's a that's a happy ending, right? Yeah. All right, Ian. This was a topic that. When I originally spoke to you on the phone about talking about this, you actually didn't want to at first. And I, and I was like, okay. I still don't, I mean, necessarily care, but I, I, I don't see things exactly as everyone else sees them. I just think it looks really, really bad. Okay, we're going to go through uh, the Finnick and Fox uh, Intellivision Amico footage that was uh, put out cl- close to a week ago. So Finnick and Fox which was shown in the August video when they originally when they originally canceled or or delayed the release of the Amico to April which is going to be officially delayed again at any point in time. Uh Finnegan Fox is a is a reskin of a game called Fox and Force. Yes. which came out on Steam, on Switch, I'm not sure it was it was on any other consoles. Um a 2D sprite platformer, you change the seasons to help your gameplay, I guess you like it could be spring, and you use your winter powers to create like an ice bridge across, and I guess do things like that. It's it looks standard. I guess the reviews I saw or or seeing was like oh, it's it's an average. You know, it's a fine game. Sixty six percent on Metacritic, seven okay. out of ten on Steam. It's okay. So this footage came out with with Tommy playing it, and I wasn't going to talk about it at all because okay, it shows footage. It, it cuts from him playing with the controller for thirty seconds to the gameplay. So let's talk about the gameplay real quick. It's not... It's okay. The, the problem with this is that Finnegan Fox tries to be a... a I don't know why they didn't call it Fox and Force because everything has to be exclusive. Okay. 
all the sprite art is got to have a mascot character. <laughs> I, that's 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 so, the really weird out of touch thing that that is that's sticking out for me with this. So is the, desperately wanted to create a mascot character when mascot characters haven't been big since the nineties. Yeah, impossible. That, that was the, the last one we tried to do. Um, so the problem is is that the original sp- uh, sprite pixel art has been pasted over with this, uh, I guess, Unity three D ish ordinary graphic style that everyone's like what why did you do this to this game it looks ordinary it doesn't look special it, it's it it looks like a flash game to some people uh, or mobile style graphics i think it looks like a 3d or cdi platformer from like the mid to late 90s that's how it looks to me yeah it looks uh, it looks very very bad it's uh, ordinary it reminds me of cdi it's very ordinary pedestrian 2d art um and with everything that's been said about fox and forest in terms of its reviews and whatnot it looks good i think it the game at the very least don't know anything about the gameplay i think that the original sprite art looked good sure uh, on, on fox and forest so i'm wondering why they felt like they needed to fix something that wasn't broken well this this is what i was thinking i was like well why don't we just do a sequel if one exclusive game do a sequel to, to fox and force sure the problem is that would cost more money than pasting over graphics sure and creating like you have to create a whole new game because this is the exact game the original game that came out a couple years ago with pasted over graphics so what what's happening here so that would have been the long on the end of it and i wouldn't have talked about it but there's a caveat to this story that i'll explain uh, and I try to explain to Ian, and, and there's a slow motion video. So Tommy, Mister Mister Intelligence CEO Tommy Talrico, he he's he's using the the Amiga before it cuts to. I would think it's, it was pre recorded footage because Tommy's voice he's on a mic talking over the gameplay. Before that, he's playing the game with an actual Intellivision Amiga controller on its side with the with the D D pad circular pad whatever they're calling it disc pad on the left, and he's controlling the fox. The issue is. When he's moving the character, as Ian, you can see in the slow motion uh, video, I watched the slow motion video. The character at first, people thought something weird was going on when they were watching this because if you slow it down, before Tommy presses, for example, left, the character is already turning and going left. Before the character is turning right, the character is already turning right. So some people were saying, "Oh no, that was faked footage uh, that they were matching it up to him using controller." That's what I saw. Um, that's a theory that that could be possibly happening uh, there. I don't think that's what's happening, though. His, his, his button presses were coming after the, the movement started. What I think is what's happening is, is maybe not worse, but still damning. I think the controls are inverted. So when he presses right, the character goes left, and when he presses left, the character goes right. And if you follow the video, that is what's happening, especially on the end. When he presses right at the end, the character keeps walking keeps walking left so what is happening here this is a weird in my opinion attempt to cover up the horrendous lag that is happening with this system because he's going back and forth so quickly left and right that if you're watching it in real time not looking closely it's almost like when he goes left and right the character is instantly moving left and right and that's what's happening here so that's my question if this if he's playing this footage Ian thinks he's not i think i'll say he is why are the controls inverted on this controller? There's one of two options. The controls would be inverted. One, the, the, the gyroscope isn't working on the controller. So when you're flipping it, it's not being flipped uh, properly. Or two, they're locked in and he knows they're locked in and he's trying to pull a fast one. Those are the two options here. 
Either way, it's not good. No, I think. I mean, I think. Um, it, I, I I don't know. It looks terrible. I don't know what's going on with that video footage, but it does not look like the controller motions add up to what's going on on screen. I mean, That's you can see can it see. when he's pressing yeah. right at the end with his left. His left thumb is pushing right. The car- before before he jumps, the character's running to the to the left when he's pushing right. It's clear as day, and he's tapping. By the way, ta- to jump, something hitting the touchpad is 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 finicky. Is, 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 is weird. Something is a finicky fox. Something something is a foot. It's weird. Oh, by the way, tapping the touchpad to jump is going to be a horrendous, a horrendous gameplay. Uh, oh yeah, design model. Oh yeah, it's going to be awful. He's you tr- see him tap it twice just to jump, like because it's probably not it's not reacting properly. So uh, to do the double jump, I, I want a moratorium on double jumps and platformers. By the way, I'm kind of done with double jumps. I think we've gone overboard on double jumps. Anyway, it's another conversation. I like a good double jump. I like a, I like a regular jump. Just a re- regular jump, me. You know? I like just a regular good jump. double jump. <laughs> just regular jump, me. The double jump's not physics based. I think you can double jump in real life. Anyway, so at this point in time, the more we see this stuff, the more we ask what is happening. And and like I said, I wasn't going to talk about this game besides this footage here. And the footage is damning in one of two ways. Either he either he's not really playing it, or he's playing it and the controls are inverted to cover up the lag, in my opinion. He's trying to cover up the bad lag. And the, the more people examine this, it's like 10 frames of lag. These games will be unplayable with 10 frames of lag, especially a platformer. It'll be unplayable. I think without even having to look too deeply at anything, it's just bad that the system was supposed to be ready to go in October. Totally was, except for, you know... And the games. Yeah. Everything was supposed to be good to go for October, but then had to be delayed because of COVID and uh, passing what? Passing uh, certifications. 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 Fucking certifications. Um, Yet... Uh, here we are six months after the delay, and uh, wow, it's been six months. That was August. Six months. What we've what we've seen, what we've gotten is a re-upload of the no gameplay showing. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. The no gameplay showing uh, smart bomb. Yes, they did a re-upload for no reason of of the segment of the guy talking about with nothing new added. Nothing, no, it's the same video. And then uh, we get to see Finnegan Fox in action with basically nothing new. I think we got a missile command here. There, we got a couple of games. We got we got the breakout demo, for example, back then. But Just this not a whole lot. But the fact that he's playing with the controllers inverted, I and when is uh, the real marketing supposed to begin? I guess when it's going to come out. When is the when's the, when's the official delay supposed to happen? If, if you're if you're taking pre-orders still on GameStop uh, at this point, and you're taking money from investors based upon an April date, uh, you mean crowdfunding? If he's still oh, crowdfunding. crowdfunding, that's right, really crowdfunding. Uh, GameStop, uh, Amico. Um, if I go, if I go, if I go to get my three hundred dollar Galaxy Purple, it still says it's going to be released on April fifteenth. We're about to hit Chinese New Year. Uh, I think in a few days, which is like two and a half weeks. So, I mean, no, it had to be on the boats by now. The product had to be on the boats coming over to the U.S. by now. Yeah, to come out uh, for a chance to, to to come out in April. So it's disappointing, and um. And and right when this stuff's coming, this came out I think after the podcast Wednesday. I, that's I don't think that's a uh, coincidence either. When this stuff comes out, there's always like four or five instant reactions somehow. That um, it, um, <laughs> you think that's on purpose? Yeah. Um, <laughs> give 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 them a week to run uh, run interference before we. Well, that's what happens though. That he has he has his little probably Discord and he, and he gives everyone the footage straight up. He knows it's going to come out so that when you search for this stuff you see all these reaction videos from his little cult. The problem is, is that 
the more that we see more of these videos and the cult doesn't notice these incredibly obvious things that everyone else notices, Mm -hmm. you look worse and worse. There's only so far you can go before. I know you don't want to believe what you see in your own eyes, but if you don't see Tommy playing with the controls inverted and see the leg uh, here or see something not matching up, either Ian's right or I'm right. Either way, it's not good. Either way, it's not good. It's easy to, it's, Uh, it's simple enough to just say something is a foot. It's a foot. And you have access to Tommy, and he's playing you for a fool. He's playing you for a fool because now you look horrible, vouching for this guy who doesn't give a shit about you, and will drop you in a second <laughs> as soon as the Intellivision Amico is no longer uh, a thing that exists in this world. You think he's going to be talking to you? Yeah, every when, week? That, when that is not his his current toy project, I don't think this is y'all are going to be staying yeah. in touch. And you're holding the bag now because now you're you're pumping up. A three-year-old game that got middling reviews with a with an ugly pastiche over it, and now you have to uh, uh, be accountable for not noticing this shit that everyone else is seeing. This very noticeable stuff that uh, either Tommy didn't tell you or you didn't ask about, and it looks awful for you. You're not going to make a career off of the Intellivision Amico, pals. You're not going to do it, or going after me and Ian. No. Maybe this is maybe this is why you're in the position you're in though. You can't notice a guy playing with the foot with the fucking controller inverted. You don't know how to cut your losses. Oh that oh that's for sure. They're in deep at this point. But it's not looking better. That's all I'm gonna say. And again, I wasn't gonna talk about this at all if it wasn't for the little controller thing that looks incredibly bizarre. Yeah. It's like who cares? It's a game that you get the company good. You pay the company to to uh paint over with an uglier coat of paint. Their old game, which I'm sure they're like, okay, we'll take your money, even though they're probably like dying on the inside. Their, their beautiful pixel art is now gone. Yeah, I mean, make that money, I guess. But yeah, I mean, I just feel like, ugh. and 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 the, the and the, even you go to the Reddit or you go on the, you go to the Intellivision Amico um, page and see the um, the the comments. They're not good. The com the, the top comments are not good. I'm glad that they're still on there. They're and they're not they're not even being over the top. In terms of being acerbic or or being overly cutting, uh, but the ones I saw, if if they're still there, um, it looked much better, so much better when it had the original pixel art. That's the first one. Um, looks so generic and boring. Or have I missed something? Uh, let's see. Um, it looks really odd. Great game and all, but it's not as sharp as like Sonic, for instance. I don't think you're going to get a Sonic the Hedgehog on this system. No, I don't think you're going to Looks get like something... <laughs> this one says, Looks like something I would be interested in playing, but I would overhaul the animations. Not to bash anyone or say that they are doing a bad job, because they aren't. Uh, they aren't. But bone-rigging 2D animation always looks like a cheap Flash game slash movie. I guess that's a term for, for how they design some of the stuff. Yeah. I prefer they go the hand-drawn route, like Earthworm Jim, for instance, for at least the main character and a handful of enemies. It shouldn't take a halfway decent animator much time to g- at all to get a run, jump, and shoot animation created that looks way better and more natural than w- what they currently have. See, I haven't looked at the animation that, that well, but I can probably see the point here. Um, looks okay. Kind of looks like a Flash game, though. Uh, t- Tommy, I really want this to succeed. So this is someone trying to be positive. Right. Uh, because I can appreciate your vision and what you're trying to do. In my opinion, this looks like a mobile game to me. Is this going to just be a system that plays exclusive mobile games? Well, this, he didn't know this is a game that came out on Steam before. I want to have a reason to buy this system. I just can't see titles like this doing it for me. I will continue to pay attention to the videos this channel drops in hopes of finding some titles that will really compel me to want to purchase one. Earthworm Jim isn't a strong enough IP 
to be a definite console sale for me. That's constructive criticism. That's not a hater. That's a person who wants to buy your system and is not impressed with this game. Yep. And I think as time goes on, and keep in mind, so I, I always forget that a lot of the um, pre-order money, definitely not crowdfunded, was a $100 supposedly fully refundable deposit. And you put the other 200 250 in once it's ready to go. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, if things aren't getting shown, I, I mean, how many of those $100 deposits are going to actually convert to a full system it looks like a flash game i don't know how to feel about it on that the, on, is what keeps coming on the, over and over again and he I, I i feel like i didn't i felt like i saw something where he said uh well if it isn't for you it isn't for you but it's not for anyone that's the thing he said even I, the people who are trying to be nice yes on the one hand it's fast and clear high contrast on the other hand it looks like a browser game from the mid 2000s yes so maybe me and Ian were being a little over top saying it looks like a 3do game it looks like a game from the 2000s we said that about the other games. Looks like looks like a game you'd find on you say like you know your 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 fifty or hundred to one little CD ROM mm-hmm. from the yeah. late nineties or early two thousands like that. Uh, and on the Reddit, they were just they were they were on the Reddit. They're probably a little more cutting than this. Uh, this one this one uh, is also on the YouTube. This should have they should have kept the pixel art. This doesn't look good at all. Also, it seems too easy. Maybe a fine game for a five year old. That's all. It did look a, like a pretty easy stroll through it i uh, I, um, I saw something where he said they might do an easy and a hard mode oh that was an easy mode but not that? a normal mode what what, what? I, yeah i don't know uh then a couple on reddit real quick and then we'll move on from this but because i don't want to I, I don't want to kick kick finnegan finnegan fox when he's down uh here but people on reddit had had similar uh criticisms and i get these weren't all nasty these were just like what is, what are we watching here like what is going on here? Yeah, um, it looks like they spent a lot of time redoing the art, updating the music, and supposedly making the game easier. But why not make a sequel to Fox and Forest instead? Why repurpose a game that's already available on other platforms? This should have been an actual exclusive title. Oh well, at least they're showing gameplay footage. Though it would have been better without Tommy talking all over it. Just let the games do their talking and not their obnoxious CEO. Oh my God, that UI is dated looking. Jeez, I mean the game itself it looks good enough, but why can't they put any of these guys in charge of developing a non-hideous interface in the system itself? Man, those graphics. The response to that was seriously doesn't even look good. Still, it looks like what someone just started. It looks like what someone just starting art design might think looks cool. I joined this sub because I liked the idea of the Amico, but so far it's just early 2000s era flash level. This game in particular is bad. Nothing feels connected. The, the, the limbs awkwardly move like a poorly done Rayman. No shadows. Particle effects on the weapons seem to stem from the center of the character. Didn't that happen in Astro Smash originally? The, the shots were coming from the, the inside of the yes, character? They did not. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I was saying uh, that it looks like basically it just generates like the laser sprite behind it and then it starts to go upwards. It didn't look like it was firing from a gun. I think they fixed that, but still, yes. It's just amateurish. It just feels like an indie developer made this. It just all feels like an indie developer made this as their first game. Pretty underwhelming. I'm still not seeing how this will bring the family back together in the living room. At least in my house, we already have a Wii with Mario Party and Mario Kart. How is this going to compete? Alright, there's more. We got it. So, yeah, it just keeps going. It doesn't look good. No, that, that I I hope the, the 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 hidden gem or the gem of it that I've called out a uh, cornhole will, will look more impressive there, uh, <laughs> closer to release. Hey guys, it's still winter, but that doesn't mean you can't do a little spring cleaning down there. Luckily, our partners at Manscaped specialize in products to make sure you're walking around town with a nice polar package. The lawnmower 3.0 trimmer is the best hygiene tool 
for the modern man. Because of the ceramic blade and advanced skin-safe technology, your snags on your snowballs will be reduced. Reduced! The trimmer is also waterproof, so you can even trim in the shower. Manscaped Performance Package is the best buy of 2021. The Performance Package comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 that we just mentioned, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a fancy travel bag. This bundle also comes with the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner. Keep your winter hygiene game strong, everyone. Right now, you can get 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using code CUPODCAST. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com with code CUPODCAST. Thanks to Manscaped for helping us maintain our winter wonderlands. Ah. All right, Ian. We have the 30th anniversary of one of the most influential video games ever created. Street Fighter 2. The World Warrior. So, yeah, we recently celebrated the 30th anniversary of the entire Street Oh, we did. We had, we, we had party hats, Ian. We, we, had, um, we had a cake I made, a little E-Honda cake. A few years ago, Capcom did the uh, Street Fighter uh, anniversary, 30th anniversary collection. Uh, my friends were behind that, did the... Uh, did a lot of the work on the museum aspect of it. Um, and while it is worth celebrating the 30th anniversary of the series, the truly important entry in the game, Part 2, yes. that is the one that has turned 30. I, I know everyone wanted to yeah. get out their 2017 stuff and get their money. I, I'm respecting that. No one cares about the original Street Fighter game. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a good game. It was in my local pizzeria. I never played it. Never been I played a good it once. Game. It was, I, it was next to Outrun. I played Outrun. I didn't play Street Fighter at my pizzeria. I remember seeing it in an arcade when I was younger because I remember the intro, but I don't think it was the pressure pad version. Yeah, so the original, if you didn't know out there, the original Street Fighter 2 had pressure-sensitive buttons for the different levels of attacks. There was a kick and a punch, and there was three pressure levels you could hit it at. I've never seen that version, and they probably junked all of those because that's an awful idea. I've only seen uh, the vi- uh, pictures of it, but yeah, it's supposedly We've only like, seen the six-button ones. Right, um, in real life. Uh, yeah, it's apparently a miserable way to play the game. That and sounds awful, because everyone's like, what? Like, how do you control that consistently? You just don't. <laughs> you don't. You don't. You, you lose. You don't. You it, never... It's all fierce punches and kicks. Right. It's clunky, the original Street Fighter. Um, there's some good ideas going for it, because remember, before Street Fighter, there wasn't a lot of one-on-one fighting games. ER Kung Fu is one of those first ones. Um, you had that lightsaber game I always forget the name of. Warrior. Warrior. You have that. Uh, so there's not a huge amount of them, so you needed a you needed a Street Fighter to come in there and sort champ. of Karate Champ. Um, th- you had them, but they weren't they were few and far yes. between, and they weren't perfected. They didn't perfect. What do we want to do with this genre? Uh, so Street Fighter comes out in '87, and you have different characters from across the world. You can play. You only can play as Ken or Ryu, though, who have the same moves. Yep. You have your special moves, uh, but it's clunky. The characters shuffle. They don't like walk. They didn't figure that out yet. The jumps are clunky. They don't. They're not smooth. Uh, the fights are clunky. The attacks are clunky. When you punch someone, they like get knocked back immediately. There's no like combo system yet. The Hadoukens and special moves take off way too much power, so you can walk through most of the game just by throwing Hadoukens. The AI is not there yet. It's not a good game, but you needed a starting point. Yeah. So when Street Fighter Two come out came out four years later, almost no one heard of Street Fighter. I knew Fighting Street and connected that in my head because from the you know from the from the Trograph Sixteen saying oh Fighting Street. That's that's that weird Street Fighter game. But Street Fighter 2 comes out and is a massive success. It's probably the first huge success of the of the late 80s, early 90s when I'm trying to think of like huge these huge arcade games. I'm like 
that could be it. That could be one that sort of gave us, get us into the silver age of, of, you know, of arcades for like the, the early mid nineties. It was a huge game. Yep. Uh, Massive game, and one of those ones that you saw everywhere. I remember um, walking to the uh, convenience store by my grandma's house, uh, you know, with a dollar to get, you know, candy, and then I could use the leftover quarters on the arcade games oh, that were there. Oh, how nice your grandma. And it was, it was a street, I mean, for the longest time, I, for years, it was a Street Fighter Two machine. Probably the same one. I don't remember if they ever updated the board. They didn't go to Classic like uh, Space yeah. Championship. They just, they just stayed for that. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I clearly remember it. Um, and you couldn't, I mean, you couldn't walk anywhere without seeing a Street Fighter Two machine. It was the probably the closest I'll have to remembering, like, when people talk about how... Um, Space Invaders kind of took Japan by storm and there was like entire arcades that were just full of Space Invaders games. Sure. Um, not quite the same thing, but places that wouldn't normally have arcade games would throw yes. a Street Fighter 2 machine in there. I remember there being a Street Fighter 2 machine in the back of one of the Kmarts my mom used to shop at and kids would go there and play. Like It was just anywhere you could put a Street Fighter 2 machine. Lots of places had them. Pizzerias. Um all, all those sorts of places. And it's not size. like the look was unique, because like Final Fight came out a couple years before, and supposedly that was supposed to be Street Fighter 89. Thank God it wasn't the same name. Final Fight has the same colorful graphic style. Yeah. Great. So like, they were building something. Like They almost had to like invent Final Fight to do the proper Street Fighter game a couple years later. Like They had to get there in pieces, if that makes sense. Yeah. So like, if you, you combine the, you know, two out of three rounds, different world fighters, a Street Fighter, the original... With the look and feel and solid gameplay of Final Fight, mash them together. There's your Street Fighter Two. Right, you, you get you get there in, in pieces, and the characters are all notable. Um, they all have great special moves. The uh, they're mostly well balanced. Um, it's hard to use Zangief a little. He's a little bit too slow. They sped him up a little bit, but for the most part, they're pretty well balanced characters. For the most part, I can I could play most characters and do decently uh, knowing their movesets on the original Street Fighter 2. I, I, can, I can give you a run for your money with most of the characters. Maybe not Zangief. He's a little rough, but you, you know, you work him in. The jumps are really rough with Zangief. Yeah. But most of the characters are, are you know, Ihanda and, and Blanca and Dalsim. You can use Dalsim and keep someone at bay with those long limbs, even though he's slower. You, I can beat you with Dalsim, you know, on a good day. And of course, you have the four, the four boss characters, which are fantastic. Uh, fantastic. Uh, the combo system was found by accident in the game. So you have the first time you have this co- awesome combo system, you know, for fighting games here, which is fantastic. The double KOs they, they put in there, uh, you know, sudden death rounds. Um, it, it's a it's an incredible game for the time. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. And really just kind of paved the way for everything that would come after it. I mean, you, we would have had fighting games after this, but this was the this became the model. Street Fighter became the model for it. It was hey, it was the same year as uh, same year as Wolfenstein 3D, or is it a year later? Wolfenstein 3D. Well, it's like we talked about with um, with Nintendo. If Nintendo didn't exist, we would have gotten to video games at this point like we did. But it, the 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 travel would have looked a lot different. The, the the journey from Nintendo to where we're at now would look a lot different. Uh, fighting games would look a lot different, I think, uh, from then to now if Street Fighter hadn't been the big one. Yeah, and that's a big four years in between the first and the sequel. You didn't have fighting games blowing up arcades in the late 80s. Right. It wasn't a thing. Street Fighter 2 had to kick the door down, then you have Mortal Kombat, then you have you know all the rest. You have Killer Instinct, and you have all the other ones show up in the arcades. And, you have, and that, be- that became the new... Maze game, how it was in the early 80s. It became fighting games. That took yeah, or like a first person... Fighting games in arcades, first person shooters on computers, Correct. maze games in early arcades. Yeah. That became like the standard. When I first played Street Fighter 2, um, I believe it was one of those private pools 
Uh, it could have been like the Elks Club. Uh, my grandfather was a member. It was one of those ones where you had to be vouched for, like a golf club, oh, and yeah. you pay a fee. So my my father would take us every once in a while, and they had like a little um, off to the side. It was like a little woodshed. It was like almost looked like like particle board. They created a little woodshed, and they had like three or four games in it. It was like that forty feet away from the pool, and inside they had Street Fighter Two, and next to Street Fighter Two they had the game I went over, went over even for the podcast, Gladiator. The oh only, yeah, the only time I've ever seen the game where it's almost what I want fighting, but you're a Gladiator walking across from eighty six. If you have a Gladiator machine out there, it's probably worth money because I've only seen it in the little fucking woodshed at my at the at pool club, and I played Street Fighter Two there, and that was the first time I ever like. I was like, wow, I feel cool. I beat like four people in a row. I beat these older kids there. I never forget that. I felt like <laughs> I'm the man. It was either 91. It might have been early 92 because I remember. I don't remember if it was the very first time I played it or I seen it somewhere else, but I still didn't know the special moves, I think, yet. But I, I was still beating the other people. And they were like older kids. So I was intimidated. I was like, eh. <laughs> I'm like, you know, 11 year old, thick, quick pat. I'm getting, you know, I'm not quite small, but, you know, 11, probably 11 and a half. And these other kids are. You know, trying to beat me, the fourteen-year-olds, and you know, I, I did okay for myself. I don't remember if I used Ryu or not. If I went cheap and used Chun Li, because Chun Li is easy to use if you're a beginner because she's so fast. Um, but anyway, I, I did okay for myself. I might have used Chun Li. Might have been Chun Li. I beat up a blonde-haired kid. He was probably named, <laughs> kid was probably named Kevin. He looked like a Kevin. Looks like a Kevin. Looked like Kevin. I remember beating him probably in front of his, his, his girlfriend and embarrassing him. A little th- thick, chunky kid beats him at Street Fighter too. Um, obviously, the legacy of Street Fighter lives to this day. We've had five main games and a billion iterations in between. Yeah, I couldn't possibly count the the iterations. Alpha zero, alpha two. I would I would definitely forget I, something. It took me fifteen years to realize the alphas were prequels. I had no idea. I was like, "What does that mean?" So like the alphas were like the original Street Fighter time, basically, but a better version of that game. I I, I didn't realize that it was basically a remake. Yeah. Street Fighter Alpha, right? Of the original. Because some of the characters show up from the original Street so Fighter. Some of the characters like the ninja, do show up, The ninja up, guy yes. and the guy in England with the baton and shit. I, I know my Street Fighter lore a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> Who's your favorite Street Fighter 2 character? Uh, Chun-Li. Oh, really? Chun-Li and Guile. Those thighs, thick thighs? Chun-Li and Guile are my two favorites. You like Guile? Mm-hmm. I never liked using Guile. He's the one I never liked using. My cousin... Really? My cousin liked using Guile because you can set up... You know, if you set up the the sonic boom, obviously you crouch for the flash kick. Mm-hmm. That's a good combo. Yeah, and you, uh, uh, the backbreaker, the, the back the backbreaker in the air is the best fucking move ever. It's like so hard to do, but when you pull it off, oh, the air throw, yeah, it's great. Oh, the backbreaker, there's an air throw and the backbreaker. You use the middle kick to do the backbreaker. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's hard to pull off, but they were doing things and obviously that actually a lot of games didn't do those things for a long time like that air throws and air attacks like that. Not for a while. They brought well, that. not as a not as a consistent system, no. Because Guile was the only one that did that in that first game. I did did the air attack like that, the air throws, I believe. Yes, I, I believe you're right. Uh, did Zangief do that? No, Zangief could bite you though. But that was weird to pull off, pull that off. Anyway, so happy birthday to Street Fighter Two. It's one of my favorite uh, games of all time. I bought it at Capcom World uh, when it came out on the Super Nintendo. It was at ninety three when it was eighty dollars at Capcom World. Yeah. I remember no, it came out ninety two. Came out ninety two. Those games were expensive. That's one of the games I always use when people uh, talk about, um, you know, the price of games where they've magically forgotten. Street Fighter Two was eighty dollars. A lot of those Super Nintendo games were. Yep. Was it all, was it also that much money in the Toys R Us? Probably. I would imagine. And the, and the price probably came down over a year or so, but yeah. And I mean, and that yeah. And then they did the Turbo, and that was an expensive game too. See, I don't remember that because I didn't have that. I just had the original. I was off to my PC 
gaming by then. Pat was off away from consoles. Any other thoughts on Street Fighter 2? No, but I'm happy it's out there. I'm not sure how Mike Tyson never sued him over over the M. Bison character. They changed the name, but it, it was Mike Tyson. It was Mike Tyson. Yeah, but they... <laughs> As Balrog. They changed it in the U.S. Ah, Mike, doesn't see, Mike doesn't seem litigious. He didn't care. Uh, he was in prison. That's right. <laughs> he was in prison. He, he couldn't sue. Yeah. I think. Right? Was he? Anyway. All right, Ian, we have a Patreon poll. We do. Patreon.com slash CU podcast. You go, you pay, you get the full video podcast, you get writing, you get hangouts, and you get Patreon polls. What do we got today, Patty? Uh, we have two choices. Uh, my peppermint or just Patty? In second place, what Atari era games would you want to see a modern re- remake of 21%? And in the first place, I guess this will be our retrospective for the 250, since we're not really doing one. Um, what topics do Pat and Ian regret talking about on the CU podcast? We can be serious. We can be funny about what we regret talking about. We've brought up a lot of things in the past. Um, there's a there's a couple things I, 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 I regret um, from the past. The... Um, I... I, I one, I, I I regret how I handled, and this was fairly early on, how I handled the um, the Gerard situation with uh, when he broke up with Greg, the falling out. Yeah, when there was a falling out between between him and Greg, uh, I regret how I handled that. I you know I I didn't know anything about either of them and was really just looking at it as it was presented to me, and I made assumptions that I shouldn't have made. Um, so I do regret that, but that was all patched up. Uh, he's a very gracious guy. Yeah, I, Gerard. I, I, look, looking back, um, I, I mean, I tried to get in Gerard to get his comment out at the time, and I didn't hear back from him. And looking back, I, I might have, if it was me, even a few years later, I would have nixed it and be like, all right, I, I will talk about this until I hear from Gerard's side. So I didn't get the, we, didn't, we weren't getting the full story. Yeah, we didn't need time. to jump into that. We didn't. We didn't need to jump into But hey, we all apologize, and obviously we were, we were, you know, we made up, This was that was like 2014 or whatever it was. Yeah, this was a, a while long back. time ago. But that was, that was one, and uh, it, it did, it, 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 it taught me quite a bit about doing this, and uh, when to, when to maybe hold back and not, not um, make assumptions or make assumptions or or, or or throw myself into that mode I can get into where I start yeah to get I, I very remember cutting. at the time you got a little bit more cutting than I thought you would where I was like wow I know this person I tend yeah. to when when oh. I feel that people have been slighted whether they have or not which is sure where the point is and I tend to get very very I I, I can get mean and I can get biting and most of the time sometimes. um I don't mind that I get that way if I feel like it's it's deserved and there are times where it was not deserved and I really regret those and that that's a personal problem um so that was one of them uh the other uh, one other time that I can think of that I, I, I don't it's not a specific time but I do and i've mentioned this a bunch of times before i look back on how i used to be about um in the especially early on about the dc movies the turtles movies things like that i know people like it when i get worked up and riled up and uh it's fun i mean it can't be mellowed in your old days but i've mellowed and (laughs) i just i look back and i see a person i'm like i can't i can't imagine Doing that now? Doing that now, getting that worked up about something, just being like, you know what, this sucks, it's not for me, I'm moving on. Um, I look at that in a lot, without naming names, because I just don't feel like it, but I look at that, and I think a lot of people understood that when I got that way, it wasn't good fun, you know, and it was, a lot of it, it was for 
you know, show on an early podcast. But I look at a lot of people now who take to the internet over things and everything. Literally, they're enraged about that, everything. Enraged about everything. Sure. Rage about you know movies. Uh, rage about you know camera angles being changed on butts. And fifteen-year-old uh, female cartoon characters don't have big boobs. Enraged about Brie Larson. Um, I yeah. I can't fucking live like that anymore. I can't be like that. It's sad. And, and seeing other people do it. Uh, I look at. It, I was like, I, I, I just don't want to be. I don't want to be associated with. You lost. That. You lost your taste for it because they took it to this degree that made it unseemly. Right? It was like, ooh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I never. You know, people who like DC movies, I, I don't actually have any problems with you. But yeah, it was fun to go off about what I saw as being these awful films. Um, but I just that that's not an avenue for expressing myself that I I I can do anymore. I can't, oh. I can't, I can't get, I just can't, I can't have that much anger over... Vroom, vroom, that was so funny though, Ian. that was, that wasn't making fun of that. that, that, was, was, no, that was just, vroom, vroom, the Star Trek I can make fun charm. of things, I, I can still have hyperbole, but like, I just can't care about what Michael Bay is doing to the next property he, he gets a hold of. Oh, he does. He does the Netflix movies now, he did that Ryan Reynolds weird movie right. um, there. Um, so those are probably my big ones. No fun ones. I was make it. I was make it fun a little bit. I, I read talking about Suicide Squad so much. That was fun. That was fun. And now they're doing the Suicide Squad to try to make up for it. Um, do I regret ending the Scumbag Sellers? That I think I was too hard on. Uh, I don't think so. The the one that approached me, the little gambling ring scheme for the little um, raffle thing. I didn't regret it. Even when he tried to get in my face at a convention before, I was like, no. So like, I'll say it again. I don't regret that. Uh, do you do do you regret uh any of the Diablo Diablo Motor stuff? No, no, it's silly. It was silly. It was silly, and the, and, and and how that got spun out of control is again. Well, but that's it's the same people though. It's the outrage it people. It is, and again, I you know, a lot of hyperbole. I was I I was angry. Um, but yeah, people people spun that into whatever they wanted to spin it. We into. became the face of Blizzard Interaction. Little little podcast. Yeah, people took that as being pro corporation. Uh, yeah, we're pro corporation. I Woo. even said in that segment that the game looked like it probably wasn't going to be very good. Like I was not pro corporation. I'm just tired of people fucking complaining all the time. Well, um, not to say that, not that the last year has put things in perspective. If the last year hasn't put things in perspective in your, in your lives. Nothing will. If you're still going to get worked up that much about this shit, uh, you know, through a pandemic and a near insurrection, uh, you know, attempt and, and all the awfulness, I don't know what will. But if you, you, I can't see people still having the same amount of energy they did even two years ago uh, about this stuff. And they probably do, but holy shit, how can you? It's, I need the same energy about this stuff. And I think the real, um, the 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 real uh, measure of you know that the Diablo Four thing or, or the the Diablo Immortal thing was. Um, Everyone I care about and like from that time period that I was talking to then, I still talk to and I'm still friends with now. And I people I, laughed about it. That I mentioned it to, they were laughing. Like really, the people who got mad at that, I'm like, oh. yeah, I, 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 I lost no one. <laughs> my parents uh, stopped talking to me though. I'm that, I'm out of the will. My, uh, parents, my parents, you know, they really are Diablo fans. The people who fell off were truly people who wanted to be angry, wanted to take it yeah. out of con- whatever. I, go fuck, go fuck yourselves. Yeah. If, if that's what it took for you to, to, you know, not like us anymore. 
We, we said we've said far worse things in the podcast. <laughs> Ian's mentioned uh, like um, pissing in people's mouths. I think when it came to certain topics, probably fountain. You said I think fountain of piss into the mouth. Any any funny ones you you regret talking about just because it was so silly or I don't know. No, I, I don't really. I really don't regret. I Regrets? think I, I I don't have anything funny to say about it. Um, you know, and I I, I regret maybe to a degree being no i don't there's really not a whole lot i regret the podcast is what it is because we've said on the podcast there were like i said a few things that i regretted namely the gerard thing and you know how how worked up i i could get myself over some stupid things early on but there's really very little i regret saying on the podcast honestly and i know you don't want to hear this and it doesn't matter because there's an animated one i honestly wish i had never done tales from the game store i wish i had separated work from the podcast a little bit better that's true. So if you never brought up work at all and just and just yeah, I, I, I wish I had I, I wish I had done a better job of keeping work out of the podcast because how it affected the work life. Uh, yes, uh, fair enough. That that that's probably the only other regret I really have. Oh, unless you had quit, then you had all these awesome stories to tell, and then you didn't work anymore. Well, yeah, yeah. Wink. No, <laughs> I'm not telling you to quit the details in the game because it's it's the most successful segment we've ever had. But no, I get it. I totally get it. Uh... I don't regret a huge, huge amount uh, because not not just well, I regret certain things. I, I guess I could have softened my tone when it came to, to to some topics a little bit, but hey, part and parcel. That's 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 me. You're, you're going to get the opinion. You're going to get it. And even I think I think people get more upset at the tone versus what we have to say a lot of times. If uh, that's yes, the case, I think, I think if that's that the case. Is. That's not the problem with what I think I have to say. It's a problem with you being not be able to to take it uh, when it comes to that. Because I, I, there used to be videos. I don't. I don't. I, I don't pull pull uh, what other people do sometimes, or certain CEOs and search people search out videos of people talking about me. But I've done it on occasion. I laugh at them. But there was one in particular, and I don't want you to go to find it. But I will tell you, there was one video where the guy obviously had issues with me, and it was like a twenty minute rant about how much he hates me because he says Pat always thinks he's right about these things, and it's like, and it was more. He didn't like my tone, how I presented myself, okay. versus the thoughts. And he was red faced talking about this. I was laughing at this. I don't. Oh, wow. I, here's the thing about it. you: do it, attack me on me. I'm more likely to watch it and laugh at it. I will not get pissed, for the most part. I will just laugh at you. Um, and he I was, can just say this real quick, uh, so everyone what? knows. A lot of people, a lot of people who put time into these videos, don't want to believe it. But I have never in my life watched a single oh, video sure. anyone has oh, ever sure. done on me. All the people who spend all the time doing these long-ass videos, whether it, it's from the Amico or the Chameleon or in regards or rich to attacking Diablo, us, it's like, or Rich, I have, n- I, I have not watched a single fucking second of any of that. No, it doesn't exist to us. It's like it's out in the... It doesn't, it's, it's like a tree in the like, forest that like, falls. If like you don't hear it, doesn't people exist. do that, I literally yeah. just like... It's like, alright, get it out of your system. Yeah, go. That's great. But I am never, ever going to see this. Get into, get, get into your feelings, work I, it out. I do, not, I do not care what you think of me. Absolutely. Yeah, sure. Um, what was I saying? God, now I got thrown off. I got thrown off how, how I throw Ian off on there. Oh, yeah, so the tone thing. So, yeah, so I get that, but hey, that's just how I am. And so some people like that. They like that. I, I, I'm, I'm sort of, you know, I can be in your face when it comes to certain things. I'm also, I'm also nice overall. Ian, Ian kind of likes me. You're nice enough. Nice enough. I'll, I'll, t- I'll take that nice enough. <laughs> It's big. All right. 
All right, we got we got a little voicemail. We'll do a voicemail for ten minutes. We should no. We haven't, we haven't done it in a while. Right. Oh, so we'll do that. So you can go to anchor.fm slash the CU podcast, and there you can leave us voicemails like good old Daniel did at the beginning of the show. And I'm going to queue up the first one, and I am stalling for time right now because it's hard to find where they begin here. Uh, here, okay. Uh, let's see. I found it. Here's the first one. Hey guys, this is Steven from Montreal, Canada. Um, I had a question about the 3DO. It's always fascinated me, and I was curious to know what you guys think could have been done uh, for the console to be successful at launch. Thanks a lot. Not it, put out the 3DO. That it, would have made it successful. It could have not been $600. Oh, the, yes, that too? <laughs> I think um, that's honestly all Was it I've that much money, it. the Panasonic one? Yeah, it was 600 bucks at launch. Um, I don't remember there being... You need a killer app for any system, and they had a lot of games that were out in PC or were just like second-tier, third-tier titles. You need... It, software sales drives console sales. Yeah. End of story. Not controllers, not nostalgia. So, all right. Hey, guys, this is Corey from North Carolina. Hi, Corey. I found your show about a year and a half ago, and I really enjoyed listening every week. Your discussion about the collector's market for sealed games and the bubble bursts that might occur soon got me thinking about the market for retail and advertising signage, kiosks, and displays. It's another market where you frequently hear people say the value only goes up for that stuff. It's a small market, but it's pretty active. Do you guys have any experience with that area of collecting? And what do you see happening with that in the future? Well, it is very niche. Um, I think your Buffalo buddy used to like collecting the kiosks and display stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I have some stuff. I also have a few signs. I have the Mike Tyson standee over there. I obviously have the M82 and that stuff. So I'm, I'm in that realm. Um, where do I see it going? Well, the stuff is so hard to find that the, the value... It going down, it's unlikely just because there's just you can't find some of this stuff. Like it doesn't the, the M8 doesn't come up for sale not even once every two years. You don't see those, for example. Uh, and then for the signs, there, there's just not a lot of them. A lot of them are thrown out. Um, they were discarded. So not that they're going to go shooting through the roof, but they're never, they're never going. I don't think they're ever going to be worthless. They're like the old Coca Cola signs. Yeah, I don't think it's ever going to be worthless. I think a lot of that stuff will hold its value simply by. By being so you dis- rare. And, you, and you can display them. You can't display an individual video game, but you can put up a Nintendo holographic, holographic a fiber optic sign or the neon sign. You can put that in a room 50 years from now. People go, oh, it's Nintendo or it's Sega. You know, so, all right. Uh, next one. Hey, Pat. Hey. Oh, I had that one being skipped for some reason. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, Pat and Ian. It's John, Super Luigi 64 calling from the sunny beaches of Canada. Big fan of the show for a long time. Pat, I was wondering if you could go into more detail about your intermittent fasting. <laughs> it's been a long time since you first brought it up. And uh, for anyone who's interested in learning how to do it, what apps you might be using, is he being sort of thing. Is he being sarcastic? Thanks, I don't know if he is or not, but I... I, uh, I, I, I all right. You, bad question. <laughs> you just only eat a certain amount of time each day. You give yourself only eight hours a day to eat, and that's it. So you, maybe you eat from 12 to 8, and that's it. That's intermittent fasting. Consult Consult your physician. Especially consult your physician. No, seriously. Hi, this is Daryl, the other Buffalo guy. I was wondering what oh. your three top Dreamcast games are, and 
Thanks for all you guys do with the podcast. Have a good day. Hi, Daryl. Uh, top three Dreamcast games? I don't know. I'm just going to pick some shit off the top of my head. Uh, pick that shit. Uh, Armada. I bring up Armada all the time because I think it's a really fun game. What Almost one? no one knows about it. I, uh, I was really hoping for an online version of Armada or Armada 2 to come out, but it never did. Is that a, a mech game? No, it's like a spaceship game, like kind of open oh. world. It was it was neat at the time. Um, really enjoyed it. Uh, Jet Set Radio, uh, absolutely. I still haven't played that. Love that game. Looks great. Um, and uh, Cannon Spike. Cannon Spike, I really like. It's also one of the few games I owned, sold, and have regretted. Uh, every minute of selling that since, especially because that game last I checked was 250, if not more. Um, if you can find a copy, Cannon of Spike, it. Cannon Spike. Maybe I have it. Uh, I love Crazy Taxi. Just love it. It's an awesome arcade game. I, Soul Calibur is an amazing game. Yep. The fact that it's a, it's like a 100% faithful translation. That was amazing to see that the first time I saw it. So that's always going to place my heart. Uh, after that, kind of gets difficult for me. I don't have a huge deep. Uh, Dreamcast uh, amount of knowledge here. Trying to look at the list of stuff here. Um, I'll come back to you on that. I don't know the version of Rainbow Six. I don't know. I've been play- I've only probably played like ten different Dreamcast games in my entire life. To be honest, I haven't played a lot. I played that. Uh, the, the, what's the, What's the? What's you the light? Play more the light cast game. I should. The light gun one where you're secret agent. What confidential heck? mission? Yeah, that's fun. There yeah, you go. It is. That's a fun one. That did a, a good. Good. Was that the last light gun? It's not that PlayStation had Guncom. No, PlayStation two. Did. PlayStation two, even PlayStation three had uh, a light gun. So the PlayStation two one was technically the last light gun thing. All right, here's Dan. Hey guys, Dan from New Jersey here. Just wondering if you what guys had one? any experience with uh, my section of the Jersey Shore, which was Wildwood, Seattle area. And if you have, did you have any favorite arcades? Mine was always Gateway Twenty Six. I've only been to Wildwood once, I think twice in my life, because it's all the way down south. It's so it's such a long drive. If you're in Philly, that's your basically your beach you go to. Wildwood, there's no point in going to Wildwood when you, when you got Seaside and Point Pleasant and all those other ones in between. Um, so I don't remember. Uh, you know, I probably went when I was like 22 and I was still in my phase of wearing a fucking uh, fucking chain link fucking necklace. <laughs> the fuck I was like, and the little, I probably showed it to you at one point. The little choker thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. I think I was out of that phase of time I got to San Diego, thankfully. Hey, guys, this is Will from Oregon, and I just wanted to know if Pat has tried any of the newer arena shooters, such as Diabotical or Quake Champions, to fill that Unreal Tournament-sized hole in his heart. That's it. <laughs> Bye-bye. Well, diabolical? What is Di- that? Diabotical. Diabotical? I don't know why I love arena shooters more than other first... It, it, because they're probably they're better well balanced they're, they're more sporty I guess I don't know uh, I guess I'll check out no I haven't yet and what's the only Quake Championship Quake I, Champions Quake Champions is that that's just an update to was there a Quake 4 or just Quake 3 was I have one? no idea what ended up happening Quake 4 was terrible that's right yeah it wasn't as good as Quake 3 Arena that's right uh oh this is a good one Hey, Pat and Ian. It's uh, Greg from Florida here. Greg. I love the show. I uh, just wanted to ask a quick question for Pat. Uh, my wife that I just recently got married to is from New Jersey. Uh, and what the fuck is the deal with pork roll? Thank you, guys. Love the show. Have a good one. You can't explain pork roll to people. People didn't never read pork roll are like, oh, it's just Canadian uh, bacon. It's like, no, it's not. It's not scrapple. It's not Canadian bacon. 
It's 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 pork roll. It's its own thing. It's its own thing. Yes. Get that through your head. So I understand it's only available like in three states, maybe four: Delaware, Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey, maybe Connecticut. But we have it out here at a local uh, grocery. They because it keeps. It's a what's the definition it here? Doesn't stumps, doesn't stumps carry it? Yes, that's, that's what I was alluding to. They have it there. Um, you look at the history of it, but they went to court in a lawsuit and they described it. And here's the definition: <laughs> really? nineteen, yeah. It is a it is a food a food article made of pork packed in a cylindrical cotton sack or bag in such form that it could be quickly prepared for cooking by slicing without removal from the bag. You peel it back, you peel back the cloth bag. It's a sh- like sugar cured pork product. That's the best way you can describe it. Yeah, it's somehow soft, yet you can burn it and make it crispy at the same time. It's incredible. Yes, it's incredible. I think it's it's the fact that it's sugar cured, so it kind of it kind of has that up. it crisps up, caramelizes, it caramelizes. There you go. It, it's a caramelized pork product. It's not fucking scrapple. It's not spam. Show some respect. And if you've never had it before, have some, but don't have too much because you'll die of a heart attack because your body has to be get used to it over years in time. It is good. It is delicious. But if you go to New Jersey, you get the pork roll and uh, egg and cheese at a diner. Now I'm fucking like hungry. It, 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 we're done. We're done because I'm going to go home and eat. That's okay. right. We got, we got a couple more here. We'll do a couple more. A couple more. Uh, what is this from here? Uh, Hello, Pat and Ian. This is Luke from the UK. And I wanted to know, when can someone be classed as a gaming historian? There's lots of self-proclaimed um, gaming historians out there so do you have to release a book do you have to do something like what is the thing where you can say yes that person is a gaming historian you know that's a good question this is a good question I was taking a shot at Norm or not that guy but um because like usually historian Norm certainly has earned the title gaming historian but yes but I... he was always the gaming historian starting off though well, sure so it's not like you're a, usually historians studying college I get the degree in, in like you know European history or medieval history, you know what I mean, or U.S. history. Yeah, Not, they don't have that for video games. It is sort of a title that you can put on yourself a little. I get. I don't know. I you know. I have no idea what the qualification is. There. Yeah, neither do I. Very I have no strange. idea. All right, we got a couple more here. Uh, hello from Russia. Insert uh, Russian anthem here. <laughs> I'm a long-time subscriber. Love your work. So. I'll try to be brief and sorry for my crappy English. So I have my own channel and it's primarily about fighting games. So in Russia, there is a very strong following for Mortal Kombat, almost cult-like. So much so that other games in this genre are either ignored or just straight up hated. So I wanted you to tell me uh, what's the situation on your part in USA and what are your favorite fighting games? Well, okay, I think he was really Russian um, with uh, his name. Uh, so, I mean, right now, uh, Mortal Kombat is popular, but I think right now the, the one that I see people talk about the most uh, currently is, and, I, and I'm not uh, a, a fighting game uh, I'm, I'm not the go-to source on fighting game news. I see a lot of stuff on my feed for Guilty Gear and for Tekken. And I don't know if that's just because who I technically follow right now. Technically follow. Technically follow. If it's because of who I follow or if those are truly the big games right now. I do think Tekken is 
pretty big at the moment. Street Fighter Five is not that huge. I mean, it, it, it's big enough, to, what, what but, but the, no one. It, what are they? What's big at Evo? Smash Brothers is Smash Brothers big at Evo still? Uh, well, no. Evo didn't have. I mean, Evo's essentially done. Um, oh, but it's depressing. Uh, is a Street Fighter Mortal Kombat. It would be Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, uh, Grand Blue Versus was going to be big this year. Um, but in terms of what I think is actually... You're always going to have all of these games, at th- these top name games at your fighting game tournaments. But I think in terms of what people are actually playing the most, I think Tekken seems to be the top fighting game at the moment. I love Tekken. Like, I, honestly, if you, you, put a, you put a gun to my head, I won't know who the weekend is. But I would probably say Tekken is my favorite fighting game series because it does a little bit different. The, the little 3D stuff, it's a little bit different than the other fighting games. I'm not saying it's more realistic. It's the type of mechanics where there's a little bit more a little more pick-up-and-play skill stuff I like about Tekken in terms of arm and leg stuff. It's a little more intuitive that you can pick up and play, and I like that on its surface. Finally, this is our totally Australian friend paying us a visit again. Yeah, guys, look, it's Daco here. I'm calling in to address uh, some of the slander I've been hearing on me name, mate, saying I'm not Aussie, this and that, you know. Me father raised me. I was born in Wollongong, mate. Bloody... A lot, lot of these blokes never done a day's graft in their life, mate. Couldn't even stitch up a 2B4 if you ask me, mate. Anyway, bloody, next time I dial in, I don't expect this much slander to be spoken, mate. Just uh, keep up the good work, and I'm enjoying the show, mate. Thank you. So, too many mates. Well, too many mates. Too many, I'm going to try to look at... Uh, <laughs> The, the tourist guide to speaking <laughs> list, Australian and getting a list of slang. phrases. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and the service is like, okay, maybe me and Ian might have been wrong about Daco from his prior to. He kind of showed himself, uh, slipped it down of the accent the last time. But Daco, I guess, might have mistakenly forgotten to like he 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 thought he didn't record that <laughs> because he recorded a second time. <laughs> and listen to the second one where he's saying the exact same thing. Maybe like he's reading a script. Yeah, look, guys. Uh, g'day, it's Daco here, mate. Calling in to address uh, some of the slander I've been hearing on me name, mate. You know, a lot of blokes saying, oh, he's not Aussie, this and that. Listen <laughs> here, mate. I was born in Wollongong. Me father raised me. You know, a lot of these blokes dialing in sound like they haven't done a day's graft in their life, mate. Couldn't even stitch up a two before, mate. But look, mate, I'm going to calm down and... uh I hope the slander stops, and I hope uh, the the show keeps pushing, mate. Thank you. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> the exact same thoughts and words and structure are repeated a second time. That's that's incredible. <laughs> With a Tubi and a Grafton and a Will- Willoughby or whatever it was, Willenberg. Willenberg. That's amazing, Daco. His dad. All right. Uh, leave a message anytime, Daco. I want to hear you, yeah. how how much you develop your accent over time here. Uh, anyway, well, that's it for the CU podcast. That is it for the CU podcast. This you got, you got is 250th. You got two hours here for the 250th. Two hours. Might be the last time you get two hours in a, in, a, in a while because my editing work increases. By now, I'm, by now, Ian's getting usually getting a lift, and I'm eating 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 a nice like, nice lunch. So but this is funny. You know, two, I think we'll hit two, uh, two, 250 more. 500. No. <laughs> Well, no, no, I don't think we're going to want to do it. It's only, it's only five years at 50 a year. <laughs> yeah, no, so it's 2000. I, we'll see if February-ish. Uh, je- it'll actually be like December minus two. December 2025 would be around if, if, I, if we did 52 a year, something like that. It'd be, be 45 and a half. 
We'll, we'll see where we, we'll see where we are. We'll see where we're at. All right. Take care, everyone. Thanks for thanks for the support. Thank you. Bye bye.